Salutations, Internet. Welcome back to the SoCo Show. This is, of course, the co-host, Cody Michael, and I'm joined, as always, by the SoHost, Seth Ott. That wasn't as strong as, as past uh, introductions, as past greetings. You know what? Uh, I, I recognize that, and I appreciate your honest feedback, because it's going to help me get better. Um, <laughs> if I'm being honest, I'm not feeling the greatest today, and I that's no excuse to bring subpar... Uh, yeah. welcomings to the show and i apologize podcast listeners i will do better you better deliver otherwise we'll uh we'll uh, uh drop our listeners listenership by at least 10 percent, which luckily in our case is only like one person so haha yes indeed i'd hate to lose that anchor sponsorship that we automatically get <laughs> <laughs> oh man um yes i i am under the weather but we will power through today uh which maybe making some of our listeners in their cars feel a little bit happier that my uh, traditional shrill voice isn't piercing their eardrums. Uh, maybe a little lighter on on the ears this week. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoy my what I call sexy Cody voice uh, when I can drop it down an octave. Of course, I do also sound like I'm talking exclusively out of one of my nostrils. So <laughs> I guess yeah, uh, you take your wins and losses. It's great because people can actually listen with their blinds up now because they don't have to worry about their the glass in their windows getting shattered. So um, <laughs> everyone everyone who wants to listen with with some sunlight, go ahead and enjoy this week's this week's show. Yep, there you go, there you go. Uh, this week's episode brought to you by sneezing directly into someone's face. Sneezing directly into someone's face is what got me sick and brought you this sexy ass voice. So uh, uh, thank you for the sponsorship. Uh, lots of great Who, stuff wait. to get. Th- what? Wh- whose face did you sneeze directly into? Well, I got my face sneezed directly. Into. <laughs> yeah, it was. You know, I should have shown better judgment. It was. It was a sex thing that I thought was going to be cool, mm. and it ended up being very terrible. So. Um, mm. I, I can recommend you not do that or wear a surgical mask when you're going to do it to prevent from contracting sickness. But um, anyway, this isn't the this isn't the Cody Michael uh, medical hour, which premieres next week on NBC. Uh, this is the SoCo show. So we have oh, a lot of goofy shit that we're supposed to talk about today besides my cold. <laughs> is, uh, is, is the Cody Michael health hour or whatever the fuck you want to call it does that go back to back with zoe's incredible playlist or whatever that's called (laughs) yes it does it actually just plays during the commercials of zoe's extraordinary playlist that's what it is extraordinary uh you know what i've been watching a lot of uh, nbc lately so i've been seeing that commercial i i hate to say it but i think i might actually try to watch that show It, it looks cute i i like i like a good musical tv show and i think that that could be fun I, I don't I have a lot of hope for its longevity, but it seems like it could be a fun thing to watch. I don't know. So what's funny is I think it was on my TV time app, maybe the one that tracks how much TV I watch. Um, it asked me to fill out a survey. And in that survey, for, this is like six months ago, actually. Um, in the survey, it, it, it and they do this from time to time with shows and movies and stuff, but they'll send you like, all right, watch this trailer. And then um, that's the one I watched, like, way before this came out. And then uh, it, like, asked me questions about it. And I remember not giving it great reviews because the trailer kind of sucked. And I was like, this this kind of – this overall thing sucks. And then they also sent me uh, a bunch of, like, posters. So they sent, like, seven or eight posters, copies, not actual posters, but in the, in the survey. And, like, had me judge the posters based off the most appealing. And they all sucked. There's not one poster I liked that they sent me. So they didn't get great reviews from the the early testing, but um, it's kind of fun getting those. I get those from time to time, and I get to see some things, I guess, kind of early. Not full episodes, but I saw that trailer like six months ago. 
So I knew six months ago that that show was going to suck. <laughs> Did you notice any changes? Uh, no, not in the trailer. Um, and, and I never really saw any of the posters, but like, I mean, they, they shouldn't have used any of the posters. They all were really bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's too bad. Yeah. It's that, that, uh, on the NBC app is showing a lot of uh, commercials and then also good girls, which good girls looks kind of fun too. That's where they're, um, they're some sort of bad, uh, like money launderers or something. It's Retta from Parks and Rec and yep. Christina Hendricks, I think is her name. And can't remember may whitman is that the third one I she's don't know. in she's in scott pilgrim she's the lesbian um anyway that one looks kind of fun <laughs> maybe i'm just being uh, like brainwashed by the repetitive ads of nbc and it's tricking me into thinking i want to watch their shit i don't know <laughs> but yeah there you go um zoe's extraordinary playlist you can stream now on the nbc app <laughs> <laughs> Uh, besides that wonderful show, we got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about today. It's going to be a little bit of a different episode. We're going to get, uh, we're going to play some fun games. We're definitely going to talk some movie stuff, but we're also going to do uh, a fun new little, uh, segment that goes outside of anything we've done before on this show. So stick around and, and find out what the hell that is, um, in a second, but, uh, lots of stuff to talk about. We'll do, we'll do a Mambo number five. Like I said, got a lot of movie reviews. I finally got around to getting a, uh, fi- uh, uh, miss the boat. You with, found the boat. Uh, I found the boat. Yep. And so uh, we'll get back into that segment this week and a lot of other fun stuff in between. But before we jump into any of that, we got to do some chic tweets. I call you a punk. Uh, so a big piece of news, um, I guess from today or the last couple of days from when we're recording this is the Houston Astros and their cheating stuff. Um, for those who don't know, basically they were... Um, stealing people's signals and using like trash cans and different things to to signal uh, to signal to their batters what kind of pitch the the other team's pitcher is going to throw and it definitely helped them uh, like unquestionably helped them win the World Series <laughs> and so a lot of people are calling for them to be banned or have their title stripped and all that stuff but of course the Iron Sheik he 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 loves commenting on all kinds of current events but sports seem to be something he he really loves and so he had to relate. This uh, Houston Astros uh, cheating scandal to something that happened in his life back in the what 60s, 70s when he was a professional wrestler uh, full time. So Iron Sheik says, to be honest with you, Andre the Giant was the Houston Astros Astros of cribbage. Even the Don Morocco and Ace Orton know the facts, Bubba. <laughs> so apparently Andre the Giant was a cheater at cribbage. What a fucker, man. That's that's some real loser behavior. Loser, loser. I can't believe Andre the Giant would cheat at cribbage. I can you fucking picture a room? Well, picture yourself walking into a room, and it's Andre the Giant and the Iron Sheik playing cribbage. <laughs> oh, I don't think there'd be a room big enough to hold those two playing cribbage. Wow, that would be hilarious. And I'm sure whoever loses flips the fuck out of that board. Oh yeah. Um, I know this isn't the sports show, but I'm curious your take on this. What do you think should happen to those Astros players and coaches that were involved? I mean, it's pretty clear that they were cheating. Um, so to, to me, I think, I mean, it's so hard to take away a title, I think, but at the same time, it's not. So I, it's kind of one of those unprecedented things. I know like in, in, uh, over in Europe, Manchester city, uh, they cheated and they're like banned for two years for something. I think that's even less than what the MLB, you know, like what the Astros did, but at the same time too, there's been proven like seven or eight teams or even maybe even more that have been doing the same thing. So it's almost like steroids in a way. It's like all these teams have been using this to cheat. Uh, it's just that the Astros are the first to really be caught and the first to do it on such a large scale. So maybe to set an example, I think 
maybe just go ahead and strip him of the title and say no one won that year. <laughs> um, I'm curious. So to me, I've always been a pro Pete Rose guy. Do you think this makes Pete Rose look a little less, uh, you know, horrible in the eyes of the league? Because he didn't affect really the games. He was betting on them, which got him banned from all baseball stuff and the Hall of Fame and everything. But this seems worse than that to me. Well, uh, Pete Rose also thinks so because he he made a, a, an appeal to the to the MLB as well on on a public scale, like at least not an official one, but a public one. He did he said the same thing. He's like, look at these fuckers. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I I just bet on games. I wanted to make some money. These guys are cheating to win. So um, I still don't think he'll ever get in. And and I think a lot of this is politics in the MLB at least mm-hmm. um, with the with the the owners and stuff like that. I mean. Uh, the Astros bring in a lot of money, and Pete Rose didn't really bring in money. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's I don't think anything will end up happening of it, but it really is going to – I mean, MLB is – baseball in general is already on its way down, and, you know, it's continually going down, um, whereas, like, the NBA is, is moving up. They've I think they've leapfrogged um, the MLB probably a while ago. But um, I think hockey – actually, hockey is um, gaining more ratings than the MLB has lately. So um, – I think it's just it further and further like makes them less of a legitimate thing and and kind of puts a bad stank on them. That's true. You don't want to have a bad stank. <laughs> no, you don't. Ask my last three girlfriends. Oh, there he goes. Hello. <laughs> we are off and running here on the Soko Show. Baseball talk uh, brought to you by Chic Tweets. I call you a punk. Let's give a shout out to the show's sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box and get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free. <laughs> Mathis Designs, etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Paid. And of course, Mike's Wood. Hit the link in the description box. Head over to etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed to get your woodworked. Ah. <sighs> Ooh, that was a good one. I, I could tell by your intake that you have very clear nostrils, which is not the case for me. So, I do. I was, I was trying to rub it here. in, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Flaunting your <laughs> clear nostrils in my face like that, you bastard. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Uh, let's kick it over to our previously recorded selves for one more ad. And it's time for one more ad. <laughs> <laughs> I always keep this fucking... I don't really ever have a, a time to use it, but you you brought the song up, so I thought I'd slam that in. Did, didn't it go off accidentally when your thing was going in, in the middle of a show? Didn't it go off once? Yeah. Yeah, this was like the, like maybe last month it happened, and it was it scared the holy shit out of me, man, because it's loud. I don't know if you can tell like as the listener at home, but it's, it's somehow louder than all the other sounders. <laughs> So it scared the hell out of me when it happened on accident. Dude, it's because Creed rocks so fucking hard that actually, it has yeah. to be the loudest of the sounders. That's a, that's actually a really good point. Really good point. Um, uh, we mentioned Anchor in the recorded ad. Make sure you head on over there if you want to become a contributor. want to give a shout out to our current contributors, Mike V, Jared B, Fuck You, and KCC. Uh, thank you guys for helping us improve the show. If you want to help us with the show uh, become a contributor on anchor or just keep clicking on these episodes keep sharing us with friends every listen helps us out so we appreciate that all right let's jump into things here we're going to talk about a lot of news but we don't have time to cover it all so let's do some quick hits oh all right we will start in television 
this will only go on uh, uh this will probably only make sense to you and any other wrestling fans we have uh that listen but it's boss time on the mandalorian <laughs> as wwe superstar <laughs> sasha banks joins season two this uh we'll see, I, yeah sure i mean after seeing the 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 bit parts you know a lot of they're kind of cycling in a lot of actors and stuff initially i was like i don't think she's a great actress to be able to do this but i'm sure it'll be like a bit part like bill burr or uh gina carano had in the first season so i, I think this is cool i'm all for celeb cameos like this and i was gonna i was gonna say uh gina carano literally had to have her dialogue dubbed in a movie she was in because she was so bad so i think sasha <laughs> banks will be fine <laughs> Um, Mark Hamill joins Kevin Smith's Masters of the Universe uh, Netflix show and will reply, reprise his role of Cockknocker. <laughs> There's another one I and few others will get, but uh, uh, this is cool. I, I think he's going to be playing Skeletor, if I'm, if I'm yes. right. Yeah, uh, actually great, Skeletor. Yeah, that's a great voice casting. And I, He-Man is something that I've I've always been like, I think I could maybe get into He-Man if I... If, you know, if I was introduced in the right way. So Netflix, uh, Netflix new animated series. I think maybe I could see myself watching this, but we'll see. And finally, in television, uh, it's time for Millie Bobby Brown to, Brown to stop crying because Hopper is back in the new trailer for season four of Stranger Things. Holy cow. Uh, if you're like me and you didn't finish season three of Stranger Things, then uh, you found out a lot of shit this last week when that trailer <laughs> dropped. Um but uh, it's cool. I, I, it seems like the universe of Stranger Things is expanding a little bit, and uh, uh, I guess that's exciting. Yeah, I, w- I mean, for, I was kind of hoping he wouldn't come back after how season three ended, but at the same time, you can't have Stranger Things without Hopper. So, um, All right, in movies, we have uh, Megan, Ca- Megan Fox cast in Till Death, a new movie where she will be handcuffed next to her dead husband, uh, and I'd like to formally announce that I've submitted my bid to play Dead Husband. <laughs> uh, hashtag Seth for Dead Husband. Let's make this happen, America. Just to get <laughs> just to get you the introduction, because I know if you met Megan Fox, she would marry you instantly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially if I'm a dead corpse. Um, <laughs> Aladdin's never had a friend like Disney, as Aladdin 2 is officially announced. I am for this. I think they did a good job. Um, I'm hoping they do the Return of Jafar storyline from the actual or from the original Aladdin 2, but that was a straight to video, so I'm assuming this is going to be totally original. So uh, we'll see, but I like it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it was one of the is the only of the three remakes that's getting a sequel because <laughs> no one else really liked the other ones. So. Yep. And finally, uh, Sonic uh, has the best video game movie opening of all time uh, ever, beating out Detective Pikachu. Uh, experts also predicted this uh, win after simulating 50 matches of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. <laughs> nice. I was talking to a friend of mine here about what if they made a Super Smash Bros. cinematic universe, how fucking dope that would be. Um, but, you know, besides that, uh, I'm happy for Sonic. I think it's a cute little movie kind of an underdog story and i'm glad to see that it's doing so well i follow ben schwartz on uh, twitter who's the voice of sonic and he's been really stoked because i think it's probably his biggest role so far so uh it i don't know i'm, I'm rooting for sonic the hedgehog I, re- I really am well yeah i mean they could and they could easily do it too i mean we can discuss it when we review it but um i think they kind of they you know they talk about a mushroom planet or land or something and they kind of mm-hmm. you almost take a little shot at mario but sonic and mario have ties and video games and stuff so um there's there's ways they could do it but i i wouldn't i wouldn't hate the idea of a of a sonic cinematic universe i guess hell yeah <laughs> all right well that is the quick hits great stuff great stuff as always 
um yeah we're gonna talk more about sonic later but I, i'm just i'm happy it makes me happy to see what sonic has been doing so uh that's been really good uh time to ruin my mood seth you and i are gonna have to dish out some hot fresh justice we're gonna get back into laughable punishment <laughs> <Got he. laughs> all right so this is a newer segment one we haven't done in a few weeks so the way this works laughable punishment seth has scoured the internet for a dirty rotten scoundrel who has committed some sort of actual, real, and probably wacky crime. And it's going to be our job to figure out the proper punishment and issue a sentence to this rogue bastard. So, Seth, who is this week's subject? Uh, well, uh, unfortunately, I, I hate to say it, but this is an Iowa man uh, who's committing mm. this this horrible crime. His name is Seth Ott. No. Um, mm. But uh, it's actually not me because this is terrible. Um, But the reason for it is is kind of funny. Uh, An Iowa man's foul flatulence may have led to a violent domestic dispute and later his arrest. Uh, Christopher Ragsdale allegedly choked choked and headbutted his girlfriend for protesting his horrible fart. According to probable cause, according to a a they wrote that weird probable cause affidavit obtained by NBC, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he was booked by Wichita Falls police and charged with assault. Uh, the story is shortly after 2 p.m. on January 5th, law enforcement dis- was dispatched to Cranbrook Lane, uh, which is also where Papa Doc went to school, on the southeast side <laughs> of the city regarding a domestic dispute. The woman victim, who wasn't identified by authorities, told responding police officers that she was relaxing in the living room of a friend's house with Ragsdale when he allegedly dropped a potent methane bomb. God. When she objected, <laughs> objected to, the, to the scent, Ragsdale allegedly became enraged and began attacking her. Uh, she told Christopher that his fart smelled horrible and he got mad and grabbed her by the hair and pulled her to the ground, the arrest report claimed. He, then he apparently alleg- allegedly wrapped his arm arms around the woman's neck and began to choke her. She told investigators she can barely breathe. The woman's friend, who told the police she was home at the time of the assault, un- unsuccessfully tried to intervene and said an irate Ragsdale was shouting and got in the victim's face before headbutting her in the for- forehead in the home's hallway. The women, woman's friend phoned police a short time later. Uh, they, they, The police observed the red marks. He was uh, put in jail and uh, bond was set at $10,000. Uh, so that Cranbrook thing, I, that one, I didn't even realize it. That, that is, uh, I'm pretty sure that's where Papa Doc went to school <laughs> in, in eight well, mile. It's, it's mean streets in eight mile. So I can understand that. Um, I let's, let's make sure that we don't, uh, skirt over the domestic violence, which is actually, which is super uncool. Um, right. but we're, a, we're a comedy show. So understand that we're going to, we're, we're going to recognize that's horrible. This guy sucks balls. But we're going to address the farting of it all uh, because that's the kind of show this is. Watch Dateline if you want to hear him talk about domestic violence. Um, (laughs) Well, I think what this guy will eventually get is what he deserves, probably left by his wife and some sort of huge fine, uh, if not jail time. Um, But I this. okay, so here this raises an interesting debate, Seth, because I often am talking about this um, with various people. Significant others. Are they, should they be farting around each other or like on each other for a joke? Is that something that is cool with you if you're in a relationship? Um, I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so cute because you like tried to develop a thought and then we're like, no, I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, man, that was all performance art. Um, no, I, I, I mean, 
it has been a while since I've been to that stage. I was dating they, they, the last relationship I had was for about six months, and um, I think if I don't know, like we never that that never happened. Um, so I, I don't know. It's at this point now, like earlier in my life, I was okay with it, but now I don't. I don't think I'd be as okay with it. Yeah, I'm not. It, this has always been. This is like a deal breaker for me. I don't. It's not. There's no farts. You know. I mean, you know me because we live together. Like I don't fucking. I don't like people. Fart. I think farts are funny. I don't like being near farts, <laughs> especially when I'm eating. When I'm eating, that that puts me in a fucking rage. Um, <laughs> if someone near me farts while I'm eating, I am. I that's as close as I get to murder. Um, you know what's funny too is like that's not something you. That that was like in the last couple of years of us living together. That oh yeah, it made you more and more. Mad. It was like you finally hit a boiling point. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, because I used to just kind of grit and bear it for like, because I do think farts are funny, but uh, yeah, something about what I'm eating, it triggers some bullshit in my head that it's like, I got to fucking choke this person to death. So I, I can understand why the wife It was, was always so funny, too. <laughs> Sorry, we're going to go down memory lane here. <laughs> it was always funny, too, because like I learned it after a while. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll hold it in while we're eating at least. But other people would come in, like if we had people staying for the weekend or whatever, and they would do it while we're eating. <laughs> I would always watch your reaction. <laughs> Normally it was like you're talking about, like this an instant rage would come over your body. It was like it was like in God of War when you fill up your rage meter and someone hit like fucking L3 and R3 on you all of a sudden when you heard that fart and you just all, all of a sudden turned fiery red and were like, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's the it's the, like the only thing. I'm not an aggressive or angry or shouty guy. That is the one thing that will get me there. And you um, could be you could be mid bite of pizza or something and just like, <laughs> come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> like if it was if it was in a sitcom, I would I'd frisbee my plate off the wall and be like, well, I guess that fucking oh. meal's over with now. Um, <laughs> but uh, I can't afford good china, so I, I don't I don't throw it at walls. Um, yeah, no, I, I hate I hate this. The idea of farting on someone for comedy is is disgusting to me. I hate it. So this guy is going to get he's going to get he's going to get the hammer on him. Um, but we got to figure out how we're going to do that. I don't know. Should it be a fart related punishment, do you think? Or should we get even more medieval than that? Uh, I, yeah, I was thinking fart related. Um, I mean, that's 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 pretty much all I ever think about is is fart related punishments. Um <laughs> But, I, have, uh, okay, I have an early idea. I have an early idea. Um, okay, so you've... <laughs> some of our listeners will get this immediately as well, and I think you will. Um, you know in the movie Midsummer? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what I propose is we take this person back in time, and we fix them up kind of like the opening scene of Midsummer. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, and for, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll lighten the grat, the gratuity, the, the gratuity of the actual scene and just tell you that there's a person who has a pipe, uh, which is essentially taped to their mouth and is feeding in some fumes. So I, I suggest we, we rig up something like that, uh, where, you know, the only thing this dude can breathe is the fumes from a room that you, myself, and like two of our other buddies are in at like age 13, 
and we're eating like hella nachos. So like we're mm-hmm. just cutting it loose and thinking it's hilarious the whole time. And this guy not only has to listen to us say, talk about dumb 13-year-old shit that we think is hilarious, but he also has to sniff and breathe all of those farts. And we somehow make it so that he won't die from that because of cutting off his oxygen, but he's going to have to taste all of that shit that we're, that we're spraying. So the the tube is like duct tape to his mouth, like in the exactly, like in yeah. the movie. Basically, he looks exactly like she does, except it's from farts. You, I, I want to continue and like add more, but you just took me back to the place of that movie, and now now I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> see, see all I, that's all I that's can hear I is deal. Florence Pugh just. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But that's that's how I, that's how it is with me and farts. Seth is is the kid gloves come off, and we ruin people's day. That's what happens. Okay. Um, yeah, I like that. I mean, I was also thinking along the lines of you know, some sort of fort gas chamber, and we could call call uh, his story Schindler shit, maybe. Oh, my gosh. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's 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 four or five jokes in one. Let's not unpack all of it. Um, yeah, some sort of some sort of trapped in, even if it's not to the extent of my, uh, I, I will admit, um, medieval, uh, uh, probably unreasonable punishment, uh, I think trapping him in an area where he has to sift some farts and then making sure that really gross farts are in there. Uh, yeah. I think that's paramount. It's got, it can't be your garden variety toots. It's got to be some real fucking flappers mm-hmm. that people are bombing this guy with. Um, and maybe it should be his, should it be his wife's farts? Do you think no. she should be involved in the payback? Or do you think we call in the real cream of the crop, like top farters yeah. in the world to come in here and teach this top, guy a lesson? I, I'm thinking AP top 25 farters in the nation. <laughs> come in there <laughs> and uh they, they come in there and and each have a have a round have, have a turn um we get like joey chestnut we get we, here we go perfect we get day after uh nathan's hot dog we get july 5th competitors oh. of nathan's hot dog eating contest uh as soon as they're getting ready to make their first bowel movement um they can just let it all go if they want to not even just farts they can just go right into the tube and just let it all go, let it all fly Oof. Yikes! Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be awful for that guy. We'll so give him like a raincoat or something. We don't want him getting so, um, you know exposure, but but he's gonna have to smell a lot of that shit, man. Yeah, so we get like Joey Chestnut in there. We get uh, <laughs> Eater X in there. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. <laughs> what's fun? What'll what'll be fun about that is if they do poo, it'll be hot dog shaped because they don't chew those things. They just fucking. Gut <laughs> so it'll be like they're firing hot dogs out, but... out of a cannon. Ooh, yeah, that'd be gross. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, here the the lesson is this: uh, one, don't fucking fart on people; it's gross. <laughs> and two, if you're gonna do it, uh, don't beat your wife up afterwards. Otherwise, yeah. we're gonna have to get you uh, a stomach full of hot dog farts, and that's gonna be your punishment. That's the crazy thing is like who who farts and then gets mad that someone called them out on a fart. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anytime someone's ever called me out on a fart, I'm either either embarrassed or proud there's no there's no in between you're either like yeah that was wrong or you're like haha eat that fart bitch Uh, (laughs) it's never it's never you bastard i'm gonna hit you now (laughs) choke you (laughs) yeah that's fucked up this guy i'm sure there's more to the story than that um but uh i'm not saying she deserved anything but i'm sure there's more to the story than just the fart sounds like that was something that they were working on for a while um yeah but uh that's okay we dealt with everything we know and this guy this guy's gonna be—he's uh, gonna be gutting a lot of gas bombs from these uh, these professional eaters. So I think he's getting what he deserves, and that's gonna do it for this week's. May uh, oop, I just 
Oof. You know when I hit a bunch of buttons on the sounder all at once? I just did that in my brain, and I started to say... <laughs> It started to say like four different segment names, um, but the one we just finished is actually called Laughable Punishment. Ha! Got he! Oof. Booyah. Now I'm all fucking fired up because I want to hit that guy in the mouth for farting on his woman. Also for hitting her, but, you know, the fart. Um, <laughs> anyways, we roll on and we are going to get into well, a little bit of TV talk here. Uh, this is our Mambo number five. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. All righty, we are back with Mambo number five. We're gonna about we're gonna be talking about some TV shows of a specific variety, and I honestly cannot remember how we set this up. Yes, so uh, I'll explain. So this week uh, on the twenty first, um, the Impractical Joker movie, kind of Impractical Jokers movie, uh, comes to theaters. Um, I so I am gonna go. I'm not a fan of that. Sh- that sh- okay. I won't say I'm not a fan of it, but I don't regularly watch that show. But I am a big fan of one of the guys on that show who does a podcast that I've been listening to for like a decade. Um, so I want to go support him, and and hopefully the movie does well and all that stuff. And they chose Cedar Rapids to play it, and it's like a one of those like they chose the cities to to open it up in. And they, they, they come to Cedar Rapids and, like, sell out the U.S. Cellular Center, which is, like, our big arena here, um, which I think it, I don't know, I think probably fits, like, 30,000, 40,000 people. Um, and and they, they sell it out every time. So maybe 20,000. I don't know what the actual size of it is. But every time they come, they sell it out. So they chose to open it here. I'm like, that's cool. I like the, the one guy, Q, on the show. So I'm going to go to it. But anyway, our, that's, that's what our Mob and Nova Prime is based on. That, sh- that is a show that is a hidden camera. A uh, show where they basically try and mess with each other. So our Mambo number five is going to be our top uh, five hidden camera shows. Ooh, I dig it. I dig it. And this is one. It took me some digging. I had to. I, I did end up finding five that I that I liked uh, having seen. Um, but this was a this was a tough one. So I, I think we'll have some crossover here. But it'll be interesting to see uh, how much we overlap here. So uh, let's fire it up. Number five. Uh, my number five is mostly just because I loved the, the theme. <laughs> but it was, uh, my number five is How We Do It. <laughs> oh, I forgot about How We Do It. I don't think I ever actually watched it. I just remember you telling me about it. It was great because, uh, I mean, it was a fine hidden camera show. It was Howie Mandel who dressed up and would try and trick people, and I think they'd get money if they stuck with whatever he's doing. Um, but... Uh, I just forgot one now that I could have put on there. But anyway, um, I just loved the theme song because <laughs> it would it would just go like every time it would go out of break, it would be like, this is how we do it. <laughs> it was just like every time it would just end with like every single break would, this is how we do it. <laughs> See, so. this is this is important that people understand what's happening here. So the song is, this is how we do it. But the show is called Howie, as in Howie Mandel, <laughs> do it. So yeah. the show is is poor grammar, but it was forced poor grammar to fit it into a song, which is my favorite thing of all time. I know. I remember explaining that to you, and you laughed. But um, yeah, no, Howie do it, mostly just for the song. Uh, it was a pretty simple show. Howie Mandel's funny enough. Um, but uh, yeah, Howie do it's my number five. I dig it. I dig it. I went... <clears throat> Excuse me. I went back to what I see as the original Candid Camera. Uh, that Well, see, I even just said it in describing the fucking genre. Candid Camera um, is my number five. And I think it's mainly because I had to have it on the list, one, because I needed five, and two, because 
Uh, I think it's the OG. I, I don't know if they were doing it before Candid Camera, but it's the first that I remember. And it was kind of, they kind of did everything. Like it wasn't always, it wasn't always um, like playing jokes on people. Sometimes it was sweet stuff and sometimes it was funny stuff and sometimes it was scary stuff. Um, but uh, they did a lot and then they had that snappy ass, you're on Candid Camera. And it was just really fun. So I think just, just the respect for the OG is, is why I have it at number five. I don't know if I ever watched the original one. Oh, it's delightful. <laughs> All right, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> number four. Uh, number four I got here is Scare Tactics. I forgot um, about that one. Oh, shit. Scare Tactics. And this, there's actually two iterations of it. There was the original one that I don't think really even had a host. So it was just kind of a voiceover guy. But my favorite was the the Tracy Morgan hosted Scare Tactics because <laughs> it, it never seemed like he knew what he was doing there. But it, and he would just like make random comments about you know, what kind of happened. He's like, that man was scared, <laughs> like stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> so he would just like say stuff afterwards. Um, but uh, I, I mean, one, they actually did a good job of like making it really, like if you were in that situation, it would be like, it looked real like a lot of the stuff looked real they used a lot of great um, makeup and and effects and things like that um it's almost like an escape room <laughs> that people were in um but then like thinking about like it was fun to kind of put yourself in those situations too would be like what the hell would you do if there was an alien like if, if a realistic looking alien because they didn't use like you know the the gray faced round you know they would like do like almost signs looking aliens a lot of the times and so like what would you do if that shit happened is is, like kind of one of those like putting yourself in their shoes things but um i always loved it it was it was fun because like at the end they would always make fun you know like make fun of the people and 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 all that stuff so it's cool i I always like scare tactics whenever it was on sci-fi i'd always like throw it on or whatever that is cruel and unusual punishment i do not react well to scary situations as you have seen many times um, even ones as simple as a spider being in my room. So if it was something <laughs> realistic, yeah, or a cricket, oh my God, the saga of the fucking cricket, um, man, I'm a pussy. So the, that show, would, I, I would have died on the show. My show would have never made it to air because they couldn't show an actual fucking death on there. I would have died mm-hmm. from fear or I would have lashed out and killed someone. And that would have been not good either. It would, it would not have been good. I'm not a good contestant for a show like that. My number four is actually just a segment on a show. I cheated a little bit. Um, but on the Ellen show, when they send <laughs> uh, they send the guy from her sh- uh, that works for her show. Andy. Uh, to be the, is that his name? I think so. Um, you know what's funny is I met the guy. Um, really? So I, I should know his name. I did a comedy show with him here in Bend because one of the segments they did last year was this guy. Uh, came to Bend uh, to the last Blockbuster and was a secret cashier at Blockbuster. So basically what he does is he he fucks with people who don't know they're on camera. And um, the segment's become popular now, so that guy gets recognized more often. Now I feel mm-hmm. bad that I, I've forgotten his name because uh, I worked with him. But he's a funny cat. Um, but it was just, uh, you know, I, I was brought, this was brought to my attention because it happened here in, here in, in Bend where I live. Um, but I always like when a cashier is fucking with someone, I think that's a good uh, format. So, um, those videos are always pretty good. Yeah, I do. I do like the segment. I've been watching a lot of Ellen clips lately. I've, I've been enjoying them. Uh, she's, she's been fun. Dude, if you like, if you know, everyone's always talking about like, I don't want to watch the news. Like I want to escape from the shitty parts of the world. Ellen is the perfect place to do that. Like yep. she's always, she'll, she'll talk sometimes about some important stuff, but it's just pure, like 
just sweetness for your soul most of the time. Mm-hmm. And I used to watch it every day with my mom after school. We'd watch Ellen, but uh, it kind of fallen off over the years. But getting like going back to watch some of the clips, it's been fun. It's also weird seeing how she's aged. It's it's yeah. it's uh, it makes me feel super old. Yeah. Number three. Uh, this is where I have the uh, what we're basing this off of uh, in Practical Jokers. I was a big. Fan. I watched like every episode for a while because of Q, the guy. He was he's on a podcast that I really like called Tell Him Steve Dave, uh, which is a Kevin Kevin Smith's friends. He he's known Kevin Smith for like twenty years now and stuff, and has been in like weirdly in the background of some movies like Dogma and stuff. So he's been kind of around some of these types of things for even long before uh, Impact Practical Jokers. But um, I've always liked it because they're you, you can you can tell like they're actual. They've been friends for you know twenty years or whatever, and um. I think that's what makes it different than some of these other shows is that, you know, the, these guys have ton, like great chemistry together. And so, it, you know, it's funny when they're picking on each other because none of them take it seriously and all that stuff. And uh, like the competition aspect of it all, like the, you know, loser getting a punishment and all that is, is a lot of fun. So um, I, and a lot of recurring bits that have happened and, and all that. So I do enjoy them. Like the, it's, it's one of those things like when I have true TV or I have access to it, I, you know, if it's on, I'll throw it on and watch it. So um, I, I enjoy Impractical Jokers. It's funny. I uh, I didn't cut you off because I knew you'd have more good to say about it than I do. Um, but I also have Impractical Jokers at number three. So oh, I nice. think it's one of those for me. I never watched it regularly, but I've caught a lot of episodes with you. And it it I think uh, while I don't love the entire premise because I, I find it hard to believe that those guys aren't getting recognized by now. Um, if, if I, if I can forgive myself the responsibility of trying to figure out whether or not it's actually people's real reactions, um, there is some funny shit that happens on this show. Those guys are pretty good improv comics and, uh, and I find myself laughing pretty hard at every episode, um, sometimes begrudgingly so, but that's even, even more, I would say impressive. Um, so every time I do watch that, which isn't often, it, it makes me laugh pretty hard. So I think that's as far as hidden camera shows go now, uh, maybe the best example of, of the format that we have today. And I and to me, from what I understand, like listening, because he still does that podcast, um, and he's pretty honest about all that stuff. I mean, even he talks about even things he hates about doing the Impractical Jokers. But I think that um, a, the majority of the stuff they do now is kind of controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, they they it seems like they don't do a lot of the like, especially in like New York and stuff. A lot of the out in the open, because yeah, like you said, it's it's. They uh, a lot of people recognize them, and some I'm sure some people who do recognize them play like they don't to be on TV or whatever. Mm. Um, but I also think that you know it's still it is a very popular show. Like I said, they sell out shows in in, in uh, Cedar Rapids, but at the same time, you know if seven million people are watching that show, there's still you know how how many millions that don't know it that are going to yeah. be on it. So. You know, I think that it happens, but from what it sounds like, it 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 happens less than you'd expect. So, um, I think I I do think it's from from hearing him talk about it at least. I think it's it's still pretty authentic. Yeah, that makes a good point because there's like 330 million people in the U.S., so there are far more people not having any fucking clue who those guys are. Um, so yeah, people and, are, I guess aren't as famous as I think they are because I'm aware of them. And they travel a lot. I mean, they do a lot of the show. Like they, they've kind of moved away from doing them in New York and go around the country. So, um, you know, it's it, people in the middle of the country, like or people even just like they've gone to Louisiana a bunch and done shows there. And I think that's where they filmed the movies, Louisiana. And so they're going to places where people would be like, "Why the fuck are you here?" So that, I think that's an element too. Is like if they're not 
where they're normally at, people would be less like if they came to Iowa and sh- shot a bunch of stuff in Iowa, I wouldn't expect to see them, you know? So it'd be, it, it's, I think it, I think that's probably part of why they're still able to do it too, is they have the budget to go everywhere they want. Yep. I could see that. Number two. Uh, two is where I have punked. Same here. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I wonder if we have the same number one then. Um, punked. You go ahead. I I, I, I uh, talked about Impractical Jokers. You probably have more to say about punked. The punked thing is... So I never watched the Dak Shepard reboot. Um, wait, no, no he, he didn't he, host it. He was, he was just, just on he, it. He was a cast member in the original who, seasons. Who did it when they rebooted it? It was a different uh, host every week. That was what it was. And I think he did an episode of when it was that. Do you remember that? It was like, you could come on and host the show and prank your buddy. And so they always had a different celebrity host. Do you remember this? Something like, yeah, something like that. I can't remember. Yeah, that's okay. So that's, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the reboot, but the Ashton Kutcher one was really funny. It, it's the most, other than like, well, I don't want to say it because it might be, it might be your top one. There's one other show that I think is the most 2003 thing I've ever fucking seen. Um, but punked and Ashton Kutcher on punked was like next in line. I think that is the most, if we needed to tell aliens what life was like in 2003, we would show them Ashton Kutcher and punked. Um, so he was pretty funny. And the, the, the way they would get under people's skins on the show, like it was no holds barred. They would seriously fuck with people. And obviously the famous one is Zach Braff threatening to punch a kid who like thinks scratched his car or something. Um, but they found out how to truly psychologically fuck with these people. And it was like, they tortured their asses. So it was kind mm-hmm. of, it was kind of funny. Like they went way over the top a lot of times. And uh, some, some of the stuff I thought that it was pretty unfair, but they did what they had to do to get a rise out of people. And the production value on some of this stuff was crazy high. So it was like, they, they were the, the, they were candid camera or impractical jokers with a seemingly unlimited budget. And so you got to see some truly like outlandish shit happen. Um, and the celebrities were always pretty funny about reacting to it because they're crazy people already. <laughs> yeah, I, this one that I that I definitely watched quite a bit. Um, I, I you know I liked, of course Kutcher doing stuff, but I liked Dax. I, I've always I've always been a fan of Dax. I was a fan of Dax Shepard back when he was because that was when he was doing like Without a Paddle and stuff around that time too. I always loved that movie. Um, and then someone that we and I didn't realize it at the time, but I heard I've heard later some someone we're a fan of uh, Mark Ellis. He was a guy on there. He he did some acting. No uh, shit, I didn't know that. Yep, yep. He he did he did some surprising people too. So, um, but yeah, punk punk was it was kind of the classic. It's what started. It kind of really brought that. I know there's one other one around that time, like you mentioned, but punk was really the one that kind of uh, brought the Canada camera stuff back to to real prominence. So, um, yeah, I, I, I always enjoyed punk. Also sparked a thousand fucking sketches and imitations and in jokes and impressions of ashton kutcher like it was it was like the biggest thing in culture for some amount of time yep number one um i don't think i i I don't think uh this is what you're talking to then talking about then um this is kind of so it's hidden camera at least in the beginning um but it's uh my number one is cash cab (laughs) Ah, okay. I was wondering about Cash Cab. Uh, I didn't have it because I wasn't sure if it was qualifying. Um, the one that I I thought you might have been saying was Jackass because I know that some of their stuff is hidden cam. No, um, no. But uh, and that's not what I had at number one either. But okay. I do love Cash Cab. That is that's like my dream game show to be on. Yeah, it's it's hidden camera in the beginning. He'd usually like kind of start it off as is doing like a little bit, and then he'd turn on the fucking lights and and start the game show. But I watched the fuck out of Cash Cab oh back in the God. day. There was a million oh. episodes. 
yep, Ben Bailey, he's the man. Um, but uh, yeah, just I mean, it's trivia plush fucking you know hidden camera stuff, and um, obviously again they knew that once I got into it, they knew that they were in it. But um, that was always a fun part too, is like when he would like do little voices and impressions and characters and then people then he'd turn on the lights and people would be like what the fuck <laughs> you know so and the people would be talking like they're real you know you know they'd be talking about stuff or talking shit about people or whatever and then the lights would come on so um not entirely hidden camera show like that wasn't the int- kind of, i mean it was kind of the premise because you know it's people not suspecting to get into a cabin win money and then they do so i love cash cab though every day after school i'd watch it yeah, Cash Cab was dope. Um, like, you know, there's just so many goddamn episodes, and you could... I, I think it was on maybe Nat Geo or Discovery, and they played it nonstop. So you could sit down and watch it for, like, six hours. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. And it was one of the things that my whole family liked watching, so we, we would do that together. Um, my number one is a show... Um, I think it was ABC. Yeah, it was ABC. Uh, what Would You Do? Do you remember seeing this? No, I I remember there was a Nickelodeon one called What Would You Do with Mark Summers. <laughs> was it Hidden Cam? <laughs> I think it was. That's funny. Um I mean it's I guess it's not an entirely creative uh title, but this is uh this is like Dateline put this on and they had a host. You'd probably recognize it if you saw it. Um anyway, it's 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 basically candid camera except the situations aren't so much wacky as they are like a test. So you know, they would uh, they would have someone um, like start a fight in a McDonald's. And the idea is to see if the bystanders will like stop the fight or ignore it or what they would do. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's ones where like, uh, you know, you you would walk by and the, these two kids who are actors, would, one would start bullying the other and it'd be like, oh, are you going to say something to the bully or like a fake robbery would happen and be like, oh, who's is someone going to tackle? I don't think they ever did something that that seems dangerous, but um, it was stuff like that. So it was like the idea was that it was like a research project for people uh, just to see what they would do. It, it wasn't designed to like get them so much as it was to just see how someone would react because we all want to think that we would be a certain way in a certain situation, but you never really know until that shit's happening. So it kind of reminds, it's kind of like scare tactics. Like you talked about earlier, like everyone wants to know, everyone wants to think they'd be the tough guy and punch the fucking ghost in the head. But it's not until you're looking at some shit like that, that you know what you would do. <laughs> so I always thought, what would you do? It's, it's often really heartwarming and cool to see what people do. It's also sometimes really shitty to see, you know, if people don't react or don't help someone. Um, but it's just a good, like look at humanity from a from a hidden cam. I don't know. I think it's it seems like what hidden cam was built to do. And I like research, so <laughs> I thought I always thought that that was a cool show. So I just looked up the the Nickelodeon. It was hosted by Mark Summers, which I remember that. I still remember the theme song, which is really stupid. Um, but uh, the format of the, that show, the Nickelodeon show, is during each show, the audience viewed uh, a previously taped segment or stock film featuring children or families or others put in unusual situations. The tape was stopped before the outcome, and Summers asked the audience to vote on either what they would do in the same situation or what the outcome would be. After the results were tallied, the outcome was played. So kind of, I mean, it was like hidden camera and stuff, um, but then it was like in Universal Studios because that's where it was taped, so... Yeah, that's cool. I think that's pretty similar to the show. I, I don't think they like yeah. had an audience they would pull, but they would definitely cut to commercial and be like, what would you do in this situation? And then they'd come back and show you what they did. Oh, shit. I do remember that. I do yeah. remember that. 
I thought it was, I thought it was cool. It was it was like yeah. a grown up version of all the other shows that we've talked about. Yeah. But we are. So, what would you do? And Cash Cab take home the top spots for our top hidden cams. Uh, I didn't have any honorable mentions. Did you have any others on your list? I had one that I, I probably would have put in there, but I forgot about it till like just now, which was Boiling Point on MTV. Where oh, I forgot about that one. That was good. Yeah, that was the best. Where the, yeah, where they would like um, people they test people's patience, and if they blew a gasket, then they wouldn't get the money. Ah, oh, yeah, that was a good one. And they th- that was edited really well, so you could like see them getting frustrated, and they would <laughs> have like little graphics on screen with like steam coming out of their ears and shit. Um, yeah, that was a good show. MTV had some pretty dope reality shows. Uh, that's that's one thing they did really well. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, what were some of your favorite hidden cam shows? Did we leave any out? Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at Soko Show Pod uh, if you want to correct our lists or let us know what we missed. I want you to play this because I haven't heard <laughs> okay. it in years. I want to see if it's if I'm still right. What 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 would you what what, what would you do? Oh, that's the most 90s thing ever. Yeah. I love it. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Mark Summers is a national treasure. He did a lot of goofy, dumb shit for kids on TV. Hell yeah. Um, I have vivid, vivid memories of watching that. I remember that theme song. Uh, it still sounds just like I remember it. Um, but I have vivid memories of watching that when I was like four or five. In, I don't think we even were friends yet. And I was watching it on a dial TV. I had a dial, one of those dial TVs in my room. It was in color. But it was like a where it was on the you know the dial was on it, and I was watch I watched I watched Nickelodeon constantly. But what would you do? I because I, I was looking up the Wikipedia page, and it had two seasons of ninety episodes total. Whoa, damn! And so and so and it, and it came out ninety one to ninety three is when it first aired. But I had to been like it had to been like ninety five or six when I watched it. So it was like on the weekends I would just play all these old repeats of these shows over and over again. So uh, I watched tons of episodes of that that show. That's fucking great, dude. What would you do? 90s. Uh... I just, I totally forgot that a serial killer made the opening graphics for it, though. Oh, my gosh. Wait, what? <laughs> no, that's what, that's what it looks like. Oh, okay. I thought you were about to tell me a story of someone who left Nickelodeon to murder people. <laughs> wow. I thought, I thought we were going to take yet another dark turn on this episode. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what would you do rounds out this week's Mambo number five? Ladies and gentlemen. This is Mambo number five. All right. We're going to do something a little new. We're going to get outside of our typical box and talk about some things that uh, aren't necessarily an entertainment. Uh, I guess some of them may be. Um, but this is the first ever uh, first ever segment, uh, SoCo Show and Tell. Please show me your dick. We're not going to show our dicks. Um, we just thought that would be a funny sounder because it is. Um, but uh, Seth, why don't, you, why don't you take us through what we're about to, we're about to talk about. Yeah, I mean, there's been, um, you know, coming off of last week when we were talking about the Oscars and then going back even to like, um, you know, this past December of a Star Wars and, and you know, just even going back, like uh, there seems to be a lot of negativity with, with movies lately. And, 
you know, you could probably tell with with my uh, with my my tone last week that I'm just sick of it. I'm am t- tired of the negativity. I'm tired of the you know people just constantly being negative about uh, you know about movies or whatever. I mean, if you look on social media, uh, Twitter, all that stuff, like it's all negative shit. And so I want to talk about stuff that that we're enjoying right now. I want to talk about positive stuff. Wasn't a lot to talk about with the news in general, so that's you know that's part of it. Um, but also, you know, I don't want to sit here and like be negative about news. So I want to be positive. I want to, I want to talk about things that we're enjoying, uh, whether it be movies, TV, um, really anything we're into that we're enjoying right now. I want to talk about it, be happy, be enjoy our time on the podcast. So we're gonna we're gonna talk about happy stuff. The, the SoCo show until there will be no dicks. Uh, that that are required to show unless you want to. My dick is happy. Uh, I would say, I would say more than half the time my dick is happy. Um, so I guess that would be showing people something happy. But I guess we'll we'll avoid that for now, mainly because we don't do video. So this it would just be me describing that I have my dick out, which I don't think is great entertainment. Um, maybe if we'd had ASMR microphones, we could do that. That'd be kind of good. Um, no, if you're, I don't think you're doing ASMR right if you're rubbing your dick on the microphone. Well, I don't think you're, uh, I don't think you're choosing the right ASMR podcast if you don't think that's the exact right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'll, I will start, I'll start with just a few of the like shows that I'm watching right now. Um, just we'll ease out of entertainment. I have a lot of stuff that's not entertainment. Um, but uh, a couple of the things that I'm watching lately that are now like kind of back in full force um, are the. Um, uh, last week tonight with John Oliver, it just had its his. They just started their new season uh, this past week, and that's a show that I just really enjoy. And it, it it yes, it's kind of newsy and it calls attention to some stuff that's not always fun, but but it's super super funny and they always do cool stuff on there. Um, Patriot Act with Hasan Minaj is another one that's going to be back soon on Netflix, and that's another one of those kind of infotainment. Uh, shows that I really enjoy. And then also I would just shout out uh, Saturday Night Live, which I've been keeping up with all, all this new season. And I have really enjoyed it. I know people talk about Saturday Night Live lately as not being great, um, but I'm really enjoying a lot of the sketches. I thought the J.J. Watt episode was awesome. RuPaul was great. Um, and there's still a handful of uh, episodes before the end of the season. So I think this time period that we're kind of entering into is a great time for TV because a lot of my at least favorite shit is coming on. So those are some of the things I'll be watching uh, this spring. Yeah, I've been more selective on SNL, but some of the clips I've, I've seen, whether you've sent me a, sent me them or I've seen online, I've enjoyed. Um, I'm excited, though, because Mulaney's hosting, I think, not this weekend, but next. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and anytime Mulaney hosts or does anything, honestly, uh, it, that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to definitely check it out. Um, let's see, I'll kind of start in TV. I, I've been enjoying, uh, getting back to, uh, watching whatever the fuck I want instead of yeah. stuff that I have to watch, which has been cool. Um, I, lately I've been enjoying some docu-series. I, I that's something that I haven't really jumped into into the past. Um, it's, I, I, well, for one, I had too much TV on my plate to watch, but, um, it's not, I, I've, I've dabbled in documentaries here and there, but I fully get why people get obsessed with these docuseries um some ones obviously we watched don't fuck with cats and that was kind of my my intro back into that but uh some ones that i watched lately are um, the pharmacist on netflix i'm about half a little over halfway through uh it's a really interesting one about um a uh a pharmacist who lost his son in a drug deal um mostly for pills and things like that and so he 
the police don't want to, you know, figure out what's going on. They, they just said, you know, it's, it, it happens because it's in New Orleans where it's like the highest rate of unsolved murders uh, in, the, in the country. And so the police are just like, he's, it's a drug deal. Someone killed him, you know, whatever. He figures out who does it because of his meticulous research. And then he also is trying to figure out why people are dying in these drug deals. And he, he is trying to figure out, you know, who's getting these pills out in the streets and things like that. So that's kind of where I'm at with it right now. And then another one I'm loving is McMoney or McMillions on, on, on HBO, uh, which is the uh, story of the, how the monopoly game was rigged. And, um, it's cool to watch because it's something that in our lifetime, when we were young, it was a huge thing. It was a huge mm. deal, the the, the uh, Monopoly things. And, and you'd always, you know, people, it really did make business a lot higher for, for, for uh, McDonald's back in the day. Um, and it's cool to see back on it. For one, I've been loving going to watch stuff that took place in our lifetime just because it's like I can put myself where I was at that time. But then also just like seeing stuff we never saw, especially as kids, we're kind of shielded to a lot of this stuff. And so seeing this now go in depth on, on what was going on with, with the, the, the uh, monopoly, how that was all rigged and how people were, it was really was almost like a mob thing, which is kind of weird and crazy. But uh, I've been loving these docu series, so I, I'll, I'll take any suggestions uh, for, that people have on those because I, I definitely want to to dive more into those docu series. Those are super fun because it, it's by virtue of the fact that one was made, you know the story is going to be super interesting and cool, and mm-hmm. it's that much better that you know it really happened. So those are pretty fun. I'm not a true crime guy. I don't get the sense that you are either. But but outside of like just adjacent to the true crime thing is things like mm-hmm. this, like the conspiracy unraveling type things. Um, that I've always thought were really cool. Um, mm-hmm. There are a couple of movie-related documentaries that I really enjoy. I don't know if you ever caught Spielberg on HBO. Mm-mm. That one is fantastic. It's it's like a two or three hour. I think it's it's meant to be like a movie to do in one sitting, um, and it's pretty long, but it's great. It just goes through Spielberg's career. And then there's a couple on Netflix. Um, the movies that made us, which is mm-hmm. documentaries about a few like Die Hard, Back to the Future, and a couple others. And then, um, oh shit, what was the other one? Um, I think it's CNN's The Movies, uh, that Tom Hanks was a producer and I think does the voice on. That one's on Netflix too. So those are a couple that I'm thinking of checking out um, that are movie related because I love movie docs. That's that's one of my favorite things is the behind the scenes and the here's how this got made uh, of movies that is super, super fun for me to watch. Um, I did watch uh, the 2000s, some of the 2000s CNN one that, that you're talking about. And a um, couple of like the, the toy, I watched a couple of the toys that made us uh, things. But um, and then I, the, the, the one I'm really looking forward to, though, is the ESPN one with Michael Jordan coming up this oh, year. Oh, fuck yeah. That's going to uh, be so good. That, that's going to be awesome. Uh, let's see. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump out of entertainment and just give a shout out to um, some of the. So I am a Google Android user. And. Um, I, people who know me know I talk a lot about how much I like Google and Android and how it's better than Apple. So if you're an Apple user, I guess piss off for a second. Um, but there might be some stuff like this on Apple that you can kind of, um, you know, think about. Um, but some of the stuff on Google that I really love, like the Google Calendar, I don't think gets enough credit. Um, being able to kind of color code your calendar and do different stuff. And I'm so busy all the time. It helps me to take a look at my agenda for the day. And then because I've got it on Google calendar, I can talk to my Google home about what I need to do that day. And that's really fucking cool. Um, and then just uh, the maps, Google maps has gotten better. So just all that Google branded stuff. I don't think people use enough of like in Google maps, there's a feature where you can pull up the map 
and then say, look at all the restaurants around me and it'll pull up where they are, but then also we'll pull up the Google reviews. So you can get all the information you would need about a restaurant um, just by pulling up your Google Maps app. And I don't think enough people use that, but I've had entire vacations where that's all I did was I just found shit near me on Google Maps. And, uh, and, and, you know, uh, that's what I did. So that stuff is pretty fun. The one thing that I'm trying to use more recently is the Android. It comes loaded on the Android phones. Now it's the digital wellness app and it's designed to help you mitigate how you're using your phone. So you can do things on there like set, uh, set dark times when your phone will basically shut down like you if if you tell it when you're going to bed it'll start shutting your apps down so that you're encouraged to go to bed instead of staying up on your phone um and you can also set timers for different apps so just today i updated mine so i can only spend now 15 minutes a day on facebook and on twitter and instagram so it it's it's there to help you kind of get off of the social media treadmill that so many of us are on so that one's been really cool and and uh, one of several cool Google things that I'm doing on my phone. There's so much shit you can do on your phone that almost no one is like even tapping. It's like the 10% of your brain thing. We're using only 10% of our phones. And um, <laughs> I think it's really cool when you find something like that that becomes so essential. Um, so shout out to Google. That's my next one. Well, I'll, I'll follow you in the technology area. Um, I recent, So I talked months ago about um, something I'd signed up for called pre-show. And uh, just last week, I finally got a chance. They, they sent me my beta uh, link and all that stuff, and I finally got a chance to use it. Uh, and I'm happy to report it. It, it does work uh, like they say. It works really well. Um, so basically, for, for those who don't, don't remember, uh, pre-show is uh, kind of a, a, like you know your movie pass or whatever. But instead of, for one, it's not a monthly subs- uh, subscription service. I paid 15 bucks to be a part of the Kickstarter and to essentially get my, my beta link. And, uh, so, and it was delayed and all that stuff, but for me, it was like, get it right. And, you know, let me use it once it's right. So finally got it though. Um, the, the, uh, actual technology supporting, you know, the, the whole basis of it where you watch ads and you get a free movie ticket, the te- technology around that watching the ads works really well. Um, you know, you, you sit there and watch it's anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes worth of, of ads and they give you ads that are not just like, you know, watching 30 second ads of, you know, like sprint or something. They, they send you longer form ads. Usually the, the shortest is a minute and the longest was like almost six minutes. And, um, it, some of those were like films, you know, so like little short films and they're fun to watch. It was entertaining. Um, once I finally watched the, 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 the ads, um, it loaded my card up for me. I was able to buy a ticket super easy right away. Like they show, it's like a digital card you have on your phone. You just plug in, you know, it gives you the, the numbers and the CVC code and the zip code and the expiration. You just plug it into whatever you're going to buy your ticket on and you don't have to, you know, send them a ticket or anything like that. You just go ahead and buy it. So works super well. The only, I guess the, the only thing so far is that um, if they have the same ads, you can't watch the same ads over and over again to um, get a free ticket. So basically I have to wait until there's a new ad, a uh, new series of ads for me to get another ticket. Um, but I pay 15 bucks. I already got a ticket, which is essentially 15 bucks. So at this point, it's like, you know, I, I, I got what I paid for. Uh, what if I get on top of that's gravy? So hopefully that gravy lasts for a long time. But if not, it's cool. And, and it and it worked for what I you know needed it for in that moment. So um, definitely something that, I, that I'm happy I invested in and, and uh, will hopefully get to use for a while, while, uh, while longer. 
I'm super glad that this came through because I remember when we first started talking about it super long ago about the Kickstarter, it was like, man, this would be really cool. I just hope it happens. And so Mm -hmm. the fact that they've kind of converted on that and you've been able to use it is awesome. I love this idea. It's essentially just trading time for Mm -hmm. a movie. And, you know, for most people, if it's 15 to 20 minutes, I, I would do it. Um, mm-hmm. so when it, when it becomes bigger, um, and you get invitations to send out, I, I, that's one that, that I'm, I'm, I will be glad to use also in addition to my Regal Unlimited. Um, but, uh, uh, Regal Unlimited is pretty sweet, but yeah, uh, um, pre-show I think is going to be a great, as long as they can scale and as long as they can handle the capacity, then I think it's going to be a great thing for folks who want to see some free movies. And also too, I, I'm happy to report that their customer service was really good. Um, I, had a couple issues with uh, some of my emails, like from that, because you before you got the the link, you had to fill out some surveys so they could kind of target some ads for you and stuff like that. And uh, my it was registering those as spam, so I didn't get my link for for the longest time, and I figured out it was because I didn't fill out the survey. So when I sent them emails, and then also through like the app, I was sending them some questions, and you know it took some time to get back because it is a small company. But when they did get back, it was really easy and and uh, all that. So that's also a difference uh, from MoviePass because their customer service was terrible. So yeah, that was ask.com. Um, no doubt, <laughs> no doubt. Uh, let's keep it in the realm of apps. I, I certainly do love apps. Um, and I've been getting a lot more, I think I've gotten over the idea that my phone can have too many apps. Like I, I used to want to limit how many apps I had, but now I'm kind of like, fuck it. Like if an ad does something cool, I'm gonna put it on my phone because space isn't really an issue anymore. So like, um, what I've been doing lately, that's been paying serious dividends. Most restaurants that you go to have an app. And a lot of times there's posters and stuff for them in the restaurant, but like McDonald's, Burger King, Chick-fil-A, Chipotle, they all have apps and it's essentially the new rewards card, like a punch card you wouldn't get in the past. Like all of these restaurants have apps and you can be getting free food like really easily. It doesn't take you very long to build up points, um, you know, and then use them for free shit. Like I found out that Chipotle delivers, like not not DoorDash or not... (laughs) Not DoorDash, not Uber Eats, like just Chipotle will bring you your fucking burrito if you have the Chipotle app. And then you don't have to pay Uber Eats to do it. So like, the, I found this out yesterday while I was just, I was in Chipotle and I was waiting in line and I saw the sign for their app and I pulled it up and it's a great app. McDonald's app sends you deals every single day, like free fries or a dollar off fries. Um, Del Taco is one that I have. And it, you like daily, you can get BOGO burritos, um, buy one, get one that is. And there's just so much free shit that they're giving out on these apps that like people, especially if you're a regular at a place, get the fucking food apps. Um, mm-hmm. it, it seems like an annoying thing to have to do, but it seriously pays dividends. Like you get so much free shit. Oh and yeah. I, I've been doing, oh, go ahead. Do you have the Chick-fil-A one? I do not. That That's one that, see, so for me, and I, I get what you're saying. Like for me, it's, it's the delivery stuff that I often use them for. I, I feel weird doing it in like the restaurant or in the drive-thru like chick-fil-a I always go through the drive-thru yeah so i feel weird giving them that but like jimmy john's is one that i use a ton of because uh, i get their delivery a lot because mm-hmm. they only have 25 cent delivery fee I'm, I'm sorry that i'm supporting a terrible person but those sandwiches are too damn tasty <laughs> um same thing with chick-fil-a <laughs> yeah. but uh but uh so like jimmy john's i get like free subs and stuff all the time because i get it too too uh, much to admit but yeah um no i, I agree with you there, there's a lot of great like rewards and stuff out there uh domino's has a great one doesn't take very long to get a free pizza yep. from domino's and then um uh what's so what i like about the chick-fil-a one which i would recommend because we just got a chick-fil-a in my town and the um 
the lines have been crazy long. And this doesn't help with waiting in line, but what you do on the Chick-fil-A app is you can order, you, you make your order, um, you pay for it on the app, and then you, you drive over to Chick-fil-A. And when you get to the first window where you would normally make your order, you just tell them, hey, I'm Cody, I'm here for my order. And then you drive up to the next window and they just hand it to you. You've already paid for it. So it cuts a little bit of time oh, off. Oh, nice. And it also, you can like order before you get to the restaurant. So you don't have to do that thing where you're staring at the menu like, uh, for however long. Um, and they wait to make it until you get there. So it's still hot. So it's not like you need to worry about it getting cold. So the Chick-fil-A one is dope. And when I tried to log into it uh, last night as of, as of our recording time, uh, it had a nice friendly message on the front of it that said, sorry, Chick-fil-A is closed on Monday or on Sundays. Uh, please open the app tomorrow. So it, that helped me, helped prevent me from driving across town to Chick-fil-A to find that it was closed. So uh, that one's, a, Chick-fil-A is an especially good one, but all of these food apps are dope. There, there's good reasons to have them all. The last thing I got is, so obviously I, I listen to it, or I guess not obviously, but maybe obviously, I don't know. I listen to a ton of podcasts because at work I basically just listen to eight hours of podcasts a day. Um, and someone I've been really uh, liking a lot lately, and, and for, I guess, kind of opposite reasons of of the reason people are getting upset is uh, Theo Vaughn and his, his podcast. Um, he has This Past Weekend um, and the king and the sting and theo von is a stand-up comic he actually follows the soco twitter account which is kind of funny um but he's a guy we saw in los angeles years ago um when we when we went he was at the comedy store um and he he's a he's a very strange dude <laughs> but he's he's pretty hilarious um his, his comedy he's from louisiana he's he's kind of like a uh i, I guess you could say redneck but not i mean he's kind of a redneck he, he's he's not like redneck and like um uh, uh, you know, where's uh, plaid is the only thing I can think of the those shirts. Is that what? What is that? Um, what is that I guess word? That'd be pla- is plaid right? Flannel. There we go. He doesn't wear fan- flannel or like a ball. You know, like like a trucker hats or anything like that. But he's very just like he's very strange and kind of has like that that southern accent and and all that stuff. But some of the stories he tells are are insane. His mind, the way his mind works in telling stories and like explaining things and the adjectives he uses, he's very, it's very wild. Um, the reason I say like, so like kind of the opposite, he, he is, he's a comic and a a lot of comics, uh, now are, are pushing, uh, against like the, you know, the cancel culture and all that stuff. And he's very, um, I wouldn't say he's racist, (laughs) but he, he kind of toes the line of like saying things you shouldn't, I guess. Um, one one example is <laughs> that we talked about is he says urban gentleman. <laughs> yeah, that shit's funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like like that. Like he's not saying like he'll he would I, I don't think he would ever say like a you know a slur or anything like that. But he'll like he'll he'll like make comments like that and stuff. So it's not like and and he's not making it in a derogatory way. That's just how he describes someone. You know. So it's he's very interesting, very weird dude. Uh, and then, so that he has a podcast with it where he has like guests and he talks to himself, and that's this past weekend. And then the King of the Sting is a podcast he has with his friend and also other another comedian, Brendan Shaw. He used to be a UFC fighter, and that show they literally just rip each other the whole show. They just sit there and will make fun of what each other's wearing, uh, what what each other said. Um, it's literally like an hour and a half of them just roasting each other, and they have like segments where they'll roast like people who call in or send in videos. Um, they have like rip my drip, which is, uh, the people sending what they're wearing and they'll like, just make fun of what people are wearing. They have flaunt my aunt, which, uh, (laughs) 
people will send in pictures of their like family members and they'll have them make fun of their family members. Um, uh, they have uh, race my case <laughs> where they'll guess the race of kind of like what we're doing, oh, but they'll guess man. the race of of uh, <laughs> of uh, of different law law case. So like they'll be like, so some guy stole. Uh, a six pack of beer from the convenience store and they'll say, Oh, white. And then, you know, they'll get, and, and just, just to, just to clarify, they have, there's not only black people or only white people on the show. They have like, uh, Asian people, black people. So they, they have, like, they have a place where, uh, different culture <laughs> races will sit in the, it's called the culture corner. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they just, and they just don't take anything seriously. They just sit there and rip each other. And, and, you know, like it's, it's kind of going back to, like not taking stuff seriously and, and just having fun. Like they'll, they'll sit there and call each other, you know, fat or stupid or ugly or whatever, but none of it's taken seriously. They're just doing it to be funny and and laugh at each other and roast, you know, it's like a roast. So I think that that's what I enjoy about it the most is no one's taking it seriously. Everyone's just there to laugh at each other and, and have fun. And, you know, again, they're not, they're not ever being offensive, but they're to the line where, you know, if, if said to the wrong person could be, you know, type of thing. Mm-hmm. So they're just doing it to, to make each other laugh. And that's what I love about it is, is everyone's in on it. Everyone's laughing. Everyone's having a good time. It's one of those shows that like I laugh every two minutes just because of the stuff they say at each other or say to each other. And then like with this past weekend, Theo has in not, you know, he has comedians. So he has, you know, he's had like bigger comedians like uh, Sebastian Maniscalco on. He's, I think he's had Joe Rogan on before. He's had like all kinds of, you know, everyone at the comedy store, he's, basically had on but then he also has like random people he's had a blind person on and asked about because he's like really curious dude so he asked about like what's it what it's like being blind um he had a plumber on and asked about plumbing um he had a bull rider on was asking about bull riding so like he just has all these weird interesting like stories and questions and he's just a really unique person they're like there's literally not a person i've ever seen that's like that guy and he makes me laugh constantly so he, he, he's been adding a lot of joy to my life lately. I like it. That guy, I, dude, I, do not take Seth lightly when he says this guy's hilarious. Like some of the deepest <laughs> gut laughs I've had in like the last five years are from Theo Von shit. And it's never, his comedy is so brilliant to me because it's never funny because of the reason you think it's going to be. Like he'll start down a road and then totally fucking swerve off of it. And that's the punchline. So it's, you're constantly on edge with his stuff, wondering mm-hmm. where he's going to get you from next. It's like boxing. Um, and just the way he talks, I think is part of what makes him so funny, (laughs) the way he talks. And it's so hard to describe unless you just listen to him talk for like 10 seconds. You'd be like, Oh yeah, now I get it. Why that's funny. Um, yeah, that dude is, is wild. Um, yeah, that's, (laughs) (laughs) and I forgot. So like the King and the Sting podcast that, so the whole show is based around the King and the Sting. He's, he's the (laughs) Theo's the rat King (laughs) and, uh, Brennan's the, the bee sting or, uh, basically kind of like stuff around it because he was a fighter so they based around that but that's one of their main things is they have people like they'll they'll people do videos and they'll be like um taco bell or or um chick-fil-a uh king or or, or no what the that's debate club so they'll have another one called debate club so they'll do uh taco bell or chick-fil-a or they'll just do king or sting at taco bell and so then they'll decide like King it or Sting it, they'll decide Sting is bad or King it is good, you know, that type of thing. So it's all fan-based, fan-driven, and they have, like, weird recurring fans. They have this guy named J-Rod who, who like, yo, King and a Sting! <laughs> he, like, does these videos and talks like that, and, and we'll send him, like, weird, like, really detailed, um, 
uh, like videos of him like riding a zebra and shit like that. Just like like it's like like really fake and weird stuff, but it's hilarious. I don't, I don't know. I I love it. And like you said, it, his his comedy is super like his stand up. I like him more honestly. In, I think he's hilarious in stand up, but I think he's even funnier in podcast because it's all off the top of his head, stream of consciousness, weird shit. Um, which is his stand-up, but in podcast form, it's way more raw and, and out there. But, yeah, he, he's great. I love Theo Vaughn. I dig it. Some of my favorite, like, and that, that when a podcast gets that way and it's, like, the recurring fans are who are on the show and you start to get to know them a little bit, that's when it's a real, like, community and that's super fun. Like, yeah, um, it kind of, like, radio, like, local radio is kind of that way. And that's, that's how that feels. And I know that was, like, mm. some of the early podcasts you listened to, like, the TSM um and early kevin smith Mm -hmm. stuff like that's how you got into that stuff so deeply was because it really felt like the fans were a part of the show i think like kill tony Mm -hmm. is another one that's that way um those ones are are super fun because then it feels like you're more active more a more active participant than some of the stuff um i'll wrap things up by just briefly giving a two thumbs up and a good job pat on the back to the xfl I got to catch some XFL action this past weekend. If you don't know, this is a second football league that is taking place in the spring. They just had their second week of games. And from the presentation style to the rule changes, uh, you know, it's 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 a different game entirely, but I'm really enjoying it, honestly. I think it's super, super fun. They do things like you can listen to the coach and the quarterback talk like like during the game. So like when the coach is radioing into the helmet of the player, you can hear what he's saying. And then they mic up the quarterback so you can hear him make adjustments at the line of scrimmage. So you really get to look closely at how the game is being played. And then they do things like um, if someone scores a touchdown, like a reporter will run out into the end zone and interview him right there. Um, or, or as soon as he gets to the sideline, he's like still panting and they'll be like, what happened? And he'll be like, it's usually something like, well, the hole opened up and I took it to the house. It's never like in-depth stuff, but you get the immediate reaction. There was a game I was watching where the quarterback, Matt McGloin was paying, playing very terribly and you got to see and hear from the sideline, like how that drama was escalating through the game. So he would throw a pick, come out, you get to hear the conversation he had with his coach. Then he would get interviewed by the reporter and say something to her. And so you got to see over the course of this game, and then he ended up getting benched. So it was like this extra drama on the sideline that you'd never get in the NFL. Um, it was just super fun. They, they're big into bets. So um, during the broadcast, they're talking about, like, this team's winning, but they're not covering yet. And they'll put the over-under on the screen the whole game so that you can see, like, what to you know how your bet's doing. I won my first sports bet this weekend. Um, I bet on the St. Louis battle Hawks. They were, they were seven and a half point dogs. They did lose, but they, they only lost by four. So I won, uh, some money on my, on my battle Hawks and, uh, they fell to one and one, but they'll, they'll, they'll get better this season. Um, they got some great guys, but, uh, yeah, XFL, I just think it's, it's fresh and it's new. And I hope that people continue to support it. Cause I think it's, I think it's pretty fun and I think there's a place for it. Um, so I guess Vince McMahon, good on you. This is, I think it's been a great, great start. It's been super fun. I haven't caught any of it yet, but uh, I did play uh, play some daily fantasy on it the first week and uh, did not do so hot. So, <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll check it out later on. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's it's fun to get way too into like like comedically into. So like, I'm always texting my brother because we decided we're fans of the same team, which is fun because um, we've always liked different teams when we were growing up. But uh, so we'll like text each other the Battle Hawks, which is our favorite team, St. Louis Battle Hawks. They um they have 
there's a there's a civil war happening within the Battlehawks fandom where um some people want to take the hawk part of the name literally so the team is hawks and so that portion of the fandom wants hashtag caw caw to be like the battle cry <laughs> um but then there's the correct side of the of the argument which me and my brother are on and a battle hawk is like is like a helicopter like a like a attack helicopter and so it's like a military thing that the Battlehawks are like the military. So on that side of things, it's the hashtag cleared to engage, which I think is a fucking awesome thing to say right before a game. So my brother and I will text each other hashtag cleared to engage right before kickoff um, so that you know, so that we know that we're both rooting on the Battlehawks. So it's been fun. They have good commentary, good reporting in there. Uh, the play is clearly a different level than NFL, but it's still very entertaining. Uh, and the rule changes are really fun. So uh, it may be the case that the uh, that the NFL takes a look at some of the stuff the XFL is doing and tweaks their rules some. I don't expect a lot of that, but um, I wouldn't be surprised to see some. So it's been it's been cool. So if you were if you like Seth were were feeling uh, down about all the negativity out there, hopefully something on on our our little list of uh, show and tell items can bring you uh, a couple ounces of joy or maybe a couple bucks back in your pocket, which is the next best thing. Um, so yeah, I thought this, this was fun. I'm glad I'm smiling now. I'm in a better mood after having to deal with that fart guy earlier. Um, so hopefully you <laughs> saw some benefits of the first edition of SoCo show and tell. Please show me your dick. Again, we won't ever show any dicks in that segment. I feel that's important. Um, but, uh, but we do like the sounder. <laughs> you how do you, are your spirits a little lighter now that we've shared some fun things? Oh yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, uh, do some, do some jumping jacks, ready to, to get to get happy. All right, we're getting happy. We're going to get happy now and get into some movie stuff. That's what the people came to hear after all. So let's dive into a couple of games. We're going to start with making the quota. What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote... All right, back by popular demand, Making the Quota is the segment where Seth has found a movie quote, and he's going to read it to me, and I need to decide who said it and in what film. So what do you got for me? All right, this is a film from 1988, and I will say it relates to um, a movie coming out this week. Uh, One of the actors in a movie coming out this week uh, was in this movie. So the quote is, Sometimes I sing and dance around the house in my underwear. Doesn't make me Madonna. Never will. <laughs> um. Sometimes I sing and dance in my underwear. It doesn't make me Madonna. Never will. Immediately I was like, Michael Caine! And I was like, no, he's not doing an impression, dumbass. He's trying to throw you off. <laughs> um, okay. Hmm. 1988. So that's taken back into some classics. Um, is this a Harrison Ford movie? Yes. Okay, so that's a good start. Uh, Call of the Wild coming out this weekend. I'm actually excited to see. Um, let's see. Harrison Ford, 1988. Um, could this be one of the Indiana Jones films? No. Ooh, okay. 88. I don't, you've, you've probably never seen this movie. Oh, I may never have seen it? Okay. Um, um, you may not. I don't know if you have or not. Ooh. Harrison Ford, 1988. Clear and present danger. No. Air Force One. No. <laughs> um, Blade. No, it's not Blade Runner. We saw that. Um, no. Sometimes I sing and dance your own nose. 
I was trying to work in the the actual uh, person. I I don't know if I can actually. I probably can't do this. I know I can't do this person's impression. But um, do you just want me to tell you? <laughs> tell me who it is. The person saying it is Joan Cusack. Oh, I know there are movies with those two in them. Uh, I don't know the movie though. It's a uh, Working Girl. Working Girl. Okay, Working Girl. That's is it Joan? Some... It's Joan Cusack's character that says that line. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Sin is her name. Uh, sometimes I sing and dance around the house in my underwear. Doesn't make me Madonna. Never will. Mm. You know, that's a there's a lesson that everyone can take from that, and it's that none of us are Madonna. So I, I don't know. I don't know what you learn from that, but you, everyone should remember that they're not Madonna. I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was stumped. It's been a while since I've been completely stumped, but you did it this week uh, with Harrison Ford's Working Girl with also Joan Cusack uh, from 1988. So that was a good one. Uh, definitely a top-notch quote for this week's Making the Quota. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote! All right. These working girls are on to the next segment. This is one of our newer ones. Let's do some first impressions. That don't impress me. I somehow always forget that that's the sounder, and I'm always so happy when I remember that it is. <laughs> it's the funkiest. It is super funky. Uh, Shania Twain brings in one of our newer segments, First Impressions. Uh, Seth is going to give me the option to choose from a few actors or actresses. I need to pick one and then figure out what their first major film or TV appearance was. We're looking at origin stories for some of the Hollywood stars here. So who are my options this week? Well, you already mentioned the the aforementioned uh, Call of the Wild, and Harrison Ford has already mentioned, so he's an option. Also in that movie are Karen Gillan and Bradley Whitford. So your choices are Harrison Ford, Karen Gillan, and Bradley Whitford. Oh, this is this is a tough one um, because I I I really love Bradley Whitford and Harrison Ford, but they're they're so deep. Their filmography is so deep. I think I would not have a shot. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try for Karen Gillan. God, Bradley Whitford. I'll say this about Bradley Whitford. The first time I saw him was in Billy Madison, and he's fucking great in Billy Madison. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was his first appearance. But. Yeah, no. I think he'd been at it for a while. Um, okay, Karen Gillan. Um, I may know this, um, but you got some hints for me? I doubt you know it. Um, <laughs> all right, so this is from a TV series. She was on a TV series. It was on from 2000 to 2004. Appears to be a... Uh, looks British. British or UK. Um, set in Edinburgh. Scotland. Uh, Ken Stott is the is the uh, lead, it looks like. I can also, if you'd like, we can do... Did you say 2000 to 2004? Yeah. She'd be quite okay. So that's that's far earlier than I, my get. My guess was going to be um, Doctor Who, but I know that was quite a bit later. So she must have been pretty young in this 2000 2004 yeah. Scottish thing. Doctor Who. She was in something called Meanwhile in the TARDIS. So she was also she's been in a bunch of British stuff. Yeah. So I I mean I'll give you like a half win here. Okay, um, I'll take half. <laughs> But her, do you know what her first uh, movie role was? And that, I guess, United States movie role. Movie role. Ooh, I bet it's some shit that I've seen, but I don't remember having seen her like in the background. Um, it's a horror movie. 
Oh, you know what? Uh, Oculus. I do remember this. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I saw that's a good. That's actually a good movie. It's a stupid premise, but it's that's actually a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, so that I'll I'll give you like a I'll give you a half win for all that because you yeah. you you know you know a lot about Karen Gillan. I do. I love Karen Gillan, man. For three for the win. Yeah. I only played half the sounder um, because I'm like, <laughs> but yeah, I love Karen Gillan, dude. She is, um, she is, well, she's a good actress, is what I will say. <laughs> and she's getting a lot of work lately, so that's been fun to see her kind of rise up. Um, all right, good. So there you go. Karen Gillan's uh, first, her first movie appearance was Oculus, and uh, she was in some some Scottish and British stuff before then. So uh, from humble beginnings to. Uh, one of the stars of Avengers Endgame, so quite a quite a meteoric rise for her. Uh, Karen Gillan this week in First Impressions. That don't impress me much. Speaking of uh, humble beginnings, that actually reminds me of the movie I'm going to cover in this week's edition of We Missed the Boat. Oh, I'm on a boat, and you're going to need a bigger boat. Alrighty, just earlier today I was able to catch up on my We Missed the Boat list after missing it for a couple weeks. Um, and I talked about, uh, you know, origin stories for actresses, and I think there's an actress that in 2019 uh, really made a big mark on her origin story. I'm talking about Florence Pugh. Um, yeah. I, I watched her in Fighting With My Family uh, from my list this week. So this is the... This is the uh, biopic i guess of wwe superstar page who um at the age of 18 was signed to a wwe contract i think the youngest woman um to win the divas championship i think was the major accolade for her and Mm -hmm. this is a uh, a fun little kind of rags to riches story of a girl kind of achieving her dream of being in the wwe as a pro wrestler um and it was just like sweet you know a lot of times you you watch these biopics and they want to steer into the gritty dark shit and Paige definitely had some gritty dark shit in her life and they kind of got rid of all that for the sake of just having a sweet family film and I didn't hate that in this case um I thought this was a light movie it was pretty fun it had some fun like comedy elements uh that were kind of cute it felt to me like a felt to me like a like it was aimed at teens kind of um but because of the wrestling angle and my knowledge of her actual story um it felt a little more grown up than i think the presentation was asking for um because it seemed like it was aiming for a little younger audience which i thought was an interesting choice because a lot of wwe there are a lot of wwe fans who are older and would have liked the more gritty realistic take on this so it was interesting to me that they went um a little younger for the target audience but i think it works for this I think, you know, what what I wanted to see when I sat down for this movie was, oh, let's see this girl come up out of nowhere and achieve her dreams. And that's what you get here. Uh, it's fun. It's funny. Florence Pugh is amazing, dude. She is, to have seen her in this and in Midsummer this year, I've not yet seen Little Women, uh, or this past year, I should say. Um, you know, she she's putting some really good shit out there, and I think she's going to continue to get a ton of work. She's young, and she's very great. Uh, she's beautiful. She's got ton of range. Even if you just watched her in this and in uh, Midsummer, you'd see that there's mm-hmm. there's some real stuff there. Supporting cast is really good. The story's really interesting. There's some fun cameos, and uh, they did a they did a pretty okay job of folding in the WWE aspects. Um, but uh, this was just one of those movies that I was like, yeah, that was pretty fun. I'm, I'm glad that I watched that. So if for no other reason than to watch Florence Pugh, uh, this is a recommendation. But especially if you're a WWE fan, uh, this is kind of mm-hmm. a must watch. 
Yeah, that's fun one. I I, I just thought about that movie today actually because that's about a year ago now that that came out. So, mm-hmm. um, remember this time last year I was getting really excited for it and I, I did enjoy it. Didn't quite hit me in the feels as much as I wanted it to. Being a wrestling fan and and um, at least in terms of like again putting myself in my in the shoes of where I was when I saw it and all that stuff because Paige's story does have some some pretty cool moments at least early on. I know later on she had some some kind of crappy stuff happen with like her neck injuries and stuff happened with like uh, some sex tapes getting released and all that stuff. But um, in terms of what they show here, it's just kind of her, her rise to becoming the champion and all that stuff. So Vince Vaughn was great. I really liked him in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like, he was a mix of like three different trainers and stuff like that, that she had uh, coming up and um, like people like Charlotte Flair, who's Ric Flair's daughter um, was kind of, was portrayed as a different character in this, but they had had a lot of stuff going on, but yeah, I loved fighting with my family. It was fun. There was they make a joke about a sex tape in this, and I do you remember this? No, not really. Okay, so she's at one point she's standing there, um, and she's she's talking to the Rock, and the Rock is pointing at Vince Vaughn and basically telling you, telling her and telling the audience that Vince Vaughn is a great guy and he's been really hard on her this whole time, um, and the Vince Vaughn's character has the nickname Sex Tape. Uh, and so the rock goes, see you later sex tape. And she goes, why do you call him that? And she goes, because he makes people famous. And I was watching this and I'm sure they shot that before pages, sex tape stuff happened because <laughs> that is, that was the, I was like, Oh my God, I cannot believe that that joke is in this fucking movie. <laughs> uh, and the timing of the production of this movie w- coincided with a lot of that stuff. So I'm sure it put him in a tough spot, but um, I cringed a little, but I also thought that that was kind of funny. Um, yeah. The one thing I'll say about that movie, though, is they they spend a lot of time on the struggling part of her journey, and then when she starts to get some traction and starts to work her way up, they they jump a lot of stuff in there. And mm-hmm. I would really have liked to see a little more of her time in NXT. And there's a they basically um, they basically do a montage of her sort of winning people over and working her way. And I would have liked that part to be expanded a little more. Um, mm-hmm. and get to see some of that. But, you know, it was their choice to show more of the struggle. They talk about the family aspect and her brother, who um, also wants to be a wrestler but doesn't get given the same opportunity she does. I thought that was a really, really interesting uh, element of this that, that I thought worked mm-hmm. really well. So this was it was it was better than I expected. Um, and it was, it was kind of a breath of fresh air because when you think of biopics, you often think of just the sad, shitty parts of them. And this removed all of them in favor of just the happy parts. So it was it was a nice mm-hmm. little movie in the, in the vein of of eschewing the depressing for some happy stuff this week. Um, that that was a good addition, uh, a fitting a fitting movie to have for We Missed the Boat. So having seen that, Seth, my list is now uh, only four movies. So I need a replacement here. All right. Well, I'm going to throw on another biopic. Um, not quite as uh, you know enduring, endearing or happy. Um, but does get to showcase another great youngish actress that you continue to, uh, you know, think you're, you're not impressed by, I know what you're um, give me. <laughs> but I'm going to give you a role that she was nominated for best actress for that's Margot Robbie and I, Tanya. I'm adding to your list. Okay. I'm say I'm glad for this and I'm going to, I'm going to watch this sooner rather than later because I want to like Margot Robbie. I really do. I can see that she's got talent but I have not seen it really showcased because I just haven't watched the right movies. And this is something that I know you've been, you've been just waiting on giving me this movie for that exact reason. So I'm excited to go see this. Um, even though I wasn't uh, super impressed with her in, in Harley Quinn, but, uh, I've heard the good things about this movie outside of just her. And, uh, you know how much I like Alison Janney, um, and she's in this 
And uh, yeah, I'm excited. S- Sebastian Stan is also in it. Paul Walter Hauser is in it as well. Oh, I didn't. That's um, Richard Jewell, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is what I'm excited to see. I remember it getting a lot of accolades when it came out. So I, Tanya. You just made the list. So I will be watching I, Tanya or one of the following four movies. Uh, Toy Story 3, Loose, Mall Rats, and Young Adult. Uh, so I'll have one of those five movies that I will review uh, when it is my turn, but now it's Seth's turn. And so for next week, you'll be watching one of what five movies? Well, I mean, next week or, you know, like a month from now, whenever, uh, you know, I, I, I got some leeway. So um, I have Silence of the Lambs, v for, v for Vendetta, The Game, Fargo, and Catch Me If You Can. Um, and actually, I think Silence of the Lambs might be playing in the theaters in the next couple months. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, so I, I might hold it off until I can see it in the theaters, but... Um, so that might not be next week, but I, you know, at least I have those four, four other options for right now. Yep, definitely recommend seeing that one in the theater. All righty, so the lists are intact, and we roll on, and we're going to keep checking out movies uh, on each other's recommendation, and we missed the boat. Oh! I'm on a boat, and... You're going to need a bigger boat. All right, so we move on from 2019's Fighting With My Family to some 2020 movies. Let's do some reviews. Mom? What do you think? I love it. I hated it. All right. So three major releases this past weekend. You saw them all. I only saw one. And so um, I'm interested to see a couple of these because I think it was a week where we saw a few things coming out that seemed interesting, uh, but we didn't know what we were getting in terms of quality. So uh, excited to see how some of this stuff turned out. Why don't you give us one of them that you saw first? I'll start with, uh, I'll just kind of go in order, I guess. I saw Downhill, uh, which is the dramedy with Will uh, Ferrell and uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, there we go, who you love from Veep. Um, This is kind of her first thing, first thing, really, that she's done since Veep. Um, I guess I don't even know what the order is that she filmed all this stuff in, but... Um, those are the two main stars here. The, the premise is it's actually based off of the French movie, movie force majeure, which, uh, or majeure, um, which is, uh, kind of like a big, huge, like foreign movie. People really adore. Um, the, the premise here is that Will Ferrell and Julia, Julia Louis-Dreyfus are on vacation in like the Alps or something like that. Uh, and there's an avalanche that happens. Uh, they're out on a patio having lunch or whatever. And, uh, they see this coming, and it the snow hits them, and they all think they're going to die. Will Ferrell uh, runs away from him, from his wife and family, and when they realize they're all still alive, he's nowhere to be found. He comes back, and and really changes things for for this family. Um, really, from from there, the their I guess vacation goes quote unquote downhill, ah. um, and you see <laughs> and you see uh, the deterioration of their relationship and you know, really the truth kind of starts to come out between the two. Um, what, what I'll say about, about the movie is, is I think this should not be drilled, build, excuse me, at, at all as a comedy. I think there's some funny moments, but it's much more of a drama. It, this one feels, I don't know if you, did you ever see everything must go? Yeah. I liked it. Kind of that same vibe of, okay. you know, sad dude who is going through a, a shitty part in his life. And that's Will Ferrell. And 
it's this one is I think because I don't I remember everything must go, but I don't remember. Is there like a, a wife aspect in that one? I don't think there is. Is there? Yeah, his uh, he's 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 separating from his wife. That's why he's got a separating. Yeah. Yes, yes. This is a little bit different. This is kind of like before that, I guess. You know, they're they're going through that through that downhill part of their relationship. It's it start things are starting to crumble. You can tell from the beginning, even before this this happens, that they've been in a lull. Um, you know, they're not connecting. He's on his phone a bunch, and he's trying he's he's kind of living vicariously through um through other people especially his so uh, guy who plays gabe gabe susan lewis uh, from the office um he he's he's a friend from work who's doing he, he's in a young relationship and doing a lot of fun things going and doing like drugs in different countries and all this kind of stuff and he's been texting this guy and, and trying to get him to come hang out with his family and um he's really more interested in that life than than his own so um, a lot of that going on, like, you know, just cracks in the marriage and this, this event really puts a huge, um, you know, like big wall between them. And, um, so you see that I personally enjoyed this movie. It's not getting amazing reviews, but I enjoyed it because it is that type of movie that I like. It's, it's, you know, it's, it, it feels other than a few characters, there are some characters that are kind of out there crazy and weird. Um, so those, those are some negatives I would say, but it feels like a real, you know, like you, you can put yourself in that situation. What would you do if, if you're, you know, if, if there was a, an avalanche and what would you do if, if someone you love just kind of abandoned you? And, and, you know, it's not a situation that, that, um, would happen a lot, but like, how would you react? And I think the way that both parties react is very real. Um, I think this is one that a lot of people are giving negative reviews because going in, they're like, Oh, these two, they're hilarious. This mm-hmm. should be a, a comedy. And really it's, it's, you know, if, if you know the premise of it and even watch the trailer, you would realize it's not. So I, you know, I enjoyed it. I, I loved, I like, I love seeing both of these actors take a dramatic step. Um, I thought that Julia, Julia Louis-Dreyfus is, she has, she has some incredible scenes in this movie where she is breaking down and, and uber sad and, and like, it's it, it just heartbreaking some of her scenes and the, and then Will Ferrell seeing how almost pathetic he is in some of these moments and he's just trying to deny all of it and and like he just you know he he's a you just want to like punch him in the face because he's being such a tool but I liked this I, this is different this isn't this this is not just a dumb comedy I think they they went to a different place this is written and directed by. Um, Nat Faxon and Jim Rash, who um, you you know, Jim Rash is the dean from Community. Yeah, um, these I know two Nat won, These two too. won. Uh, what's that? I know Nat Faxon too from a couple of uh, sitcoms he's been on. He's great too. Yeah, Ben and Kate. He was in um, oh the one Friends from College. He was in yep. Friends from College. Um, but they show. they both wrote that they won an Oscar for writing The Descendants um, a decade ago or so. So. Um, I, and they directed this one. I thought they did a good job because they, they didn't do something that was, you know, just a dumb comedy. They went for something kind of real. And again, some characters here were out of place and some of the tone was off here and there when they were going the comedic route. But for me, I was really into the, the dramatic aspect of it. And, um, I, I liked where it went. So not for everyone, not, I don't think it's something that everyone's going to love, but if you have the right expectation going in, um, and if you're there to see a really good performances out of both Julie Louis-Dreyfus and Will Ferrell, I think there's some stuff you'll like out of it. So um, I, I enjoyed it. So this is exactly, you, you hit the nail on the head. I think expectation is going to determine what people like about this. Um, because I didn't go, honestly, I didn't go this weekend because 
Uh, I was hoping it would be hilarious. And then I saw the review say it wasn't funny. So I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to go. But to hear you say that it's not meant to be, it's more of a drama, I think resets the expectation and will allow me to, now I want to go see it. And um, I think I'll enjoy it more knowing that that was the case. So I think that's a big part yeah. of what people, unfortunately, are probably going to miss about this. Um, but listeners of our show will not because they listen to uh, to you. So that's what we're here for, right? And, and like I said, it's not for everyone. And I think there are some characters that will take you out of the serious moments when you probably shouldn't. And there, it's very uncomfortable. It's a super uncomfortable movie. Um, so there's a there's I mean, it's just not a movie for everyone. And I think there there's for me, it's one of those things, almost like a Vox Lux in a way for me, where it's like, um, not to that extreme, uh, but it's a movie that not everyone's going to like. Um, some people even say is bad, but for me, I I enjoyed what they were going for. They were going for something different. They were going for something you know serious and real uh, at times, even with some wacky characters. I enjoyed it, but I, I, I could also see, like, I wouldn't be surprised if you came back and said you didn't, so... Hmm. All right. Well, there it is. Straight down the middle from Seth. Uh, that's Downhill, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, and Will Ferrell. All right. So let's switch over to something we both saw. And this was a nice little surprise here. Sonic the Hedgehog, um, which was, I think, the top I think the top movie in the box office this weekend. And um, maybe even set, what, did it set some record, if I remember right, for, for its first weekend opening? Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was only in the, the quick hits. <laughs> oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> So that's that, <laughs> which which we only talked about it, you know, like an hour ago. Yeah, that's a fair point. Totally recorded this all in one sitting, and that's made very clear now. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, so Sonic the Hedgehog. I think it was biggest video game movie opening, and biggest like President's Day. Maybe was it, do I have that right? I don't know about President's Day, but it's the biggest video games open opening of all time. Okay, wow, really smooth, Kel. Um <laughs> <laughs> And that's our review of Sonic. <laughs> Um, this was, as I remember having said earlier, um, this was a nice little surprise. I think that, uh, you know, Sonic has been more popularized by the, the bad CG version of Sonic that they originally put out, but, uh, they delayed the release of the film. They redid the CG character of Sonic and he looks pretty cool now. And I don't know how the movie would have been with the other version of Sonic, but this one was really nice. Amazing. (laughs) They, uh, they... This is a movie that is definitely geared toward kids, I think. Um, but, you know, the uh, there are enough jokes for the adults, and it's got a, a, enough action and stuff to keep you interested. I think in my showing, it was mostly parents with kids. Like, I sat between a couple, like, 12-year-olds, and we all had a great time. Um, and it was just, it was Creek. one of those movies. I, I said this about uh, Fighting With My Family earlier. Um it's it's not a hyper dramatic like over emotional adult film. It's like made for younger people, um, but there's still something in here to enjoy uh, for the adults. And in, in what I think was a really simplistic story, but one that I had I had some fun with. Did you like it? Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, definitely some some stuff that was like funny. Like there's some some of the, a lot of the jokes landed uh, because it was lighthearted and simple and some some dumb humor as well. Um, Jim Carrey, I thought was really good. He he kind of he seemed to to return back to that wacky, weird, um, just strange character that he he liked to play back in the '90s. It seemed like that that perfectly fit for what he did with Eggman. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Schwartz was uh, was really good as the voice of Sonic as well. Um, there was there was some fun um, 
like hits and jabs. I mentioned the earlier with the the you know some some shots at the at, at mushrooms and Mario kind of mm-hmm. um, so some playful stuff there. Uh, so there was some inside stuff to catch, but then also there was some fart jokes and things like that. So that all worked. Uh, they they ended up pulling a story out of Sonic, which there really isn't a story in Sonic. Uh, so it was kind of fun. They they pulled a pulled a story, and that that that's the benefit of doing a movie like Sonic, or you know, pulling a game from Sonic, pulling a movie out of a game like Sonic, is that there's not really a a, a story that you have to to do. Fans aren't going to be you know clamoring for this storyline or that storyline. There really isn't. So they can kind of make up what they want. And uh, I think there's enough set up for the future. I'd, I'd be happy to see more of it. So I, I did have fun with overall with Sonic. Yeah, this was a perfect. This was perfect for this time of year. You know, with February, this is kind of what we've been waiting on so far in January and February. A movie that, you know, um, I, I never thought I was going to go in and critically love this movie, but it was a nice, pleasant little surprise and just a fun couple hours at the movie. It's pretty tight, like you said. There's some jokes that hit. Uh, James Marsden is fun in this. Uh, you could tell he's having a good time. Pretty much everybody. You can tell they're having a good time. So this was just a nice movie. Great one to take the youngins to um, if you have kids. This this highly recommend for the for the kids. Um, but this was fun. And you mentioned they set up for more of these. And it looks based on based on what we're seeing uh, in box office sales, like we are going to get a Sonic sequel at least, uh, even though it hasn't been officially announced. But uh, I'm assuming, Seth, that this is something that, that you would go out to see if they do come out with another one. Oh yeah, it, it's uh, I mean it's fun as long as they keep keep going down the road they've been going with this one. I definitely go. Uh, they set up some some st- fun stuff for a sequel as well. So yeah, I definitely check out another. Yeah, I was really pumped by what they uh, what they set up with some uh, some post credit stuff, uh, or I guess end end the main film. I don't think it's post credits per se, but um, yeah, no, there was some fun stuff at the end that I got really excited about. And yeah, this is a nice if this becomes a little franchise that you know doesn't take itself so seriously and. Is just uh, is just a cute little uh, you know Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Uh, I'm all for it. I'm gonna see more of these. So uh, Sonic gets thumbs up from each of us, and uh, you know high recommends, especially if you got the youngins. But we turn now to a third movie that I, I doubt is for the youngins. Uh, one of the first major romantic films uh, of 2020, and this is one that you went and saw. Uh, yeah, saw saw the photograph. Um, Lakeith Stanfield, Issa Rae, uh, star in this one. Uh, yeah, it's a, it definitely is a romantic uh, movie, um, a rom drum, I guess. And uh, basically, the the kind of premise here is that uh, Lakeith Stanfield plays Mike. He's a reporter who's working on a story about a photographer. Um, the daughter of the photographer is Issa Rae's character, named May. Um, and the it's basically set up kind of like a, a two. Two different times of a love story, the 80s and the now. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield and Issa Rae um, are the current love story, obviously, if you've seen the trailer. And uh, basically, they you know, they come come to be, they come to, to grow together, I guess, or, you know, learn who each other are through this story about about the about the photographer photographer while he's working on the story. He's, you know, interviewing um He's interviewing Issa Rae's character, and he's also, um, you know, finding out about the the past with with the the photographer. Um, so, w- what I'll say about this one, I did enjoy it overall. Um, I I thought, which they do the majority of the film of is is Lakeith Stanfield's and Issa Rae's character or their characters, their love story. I think that's that's the the interesting part of the movie. Um, get they instantly from moment one of the movie have. 
uh, chemistry, and it, you only want to see more and more of that as, as the story goes on. You root for them to, to make it, and, you know, it's a pretty, in terms of how a love story goes, it's pretty it's predictable um you know you kind of figure out how it's going to end by you know you figure how it's going to end it's not like it's a mystery but you you know how it's going to end it's a love story but i think what what some of the intricacies they do have within the story um especially with you know kind of the 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 past and then um their their different situations uh, i think are are enough to to keep the story fresh Uh, also lil rel is in this one as well. He he's hilarious. That dude is really funny. Every scene mm-hmm. he's in, he's he's always cracking some jokes. He's the friend of of uh, or he, sorry, he's the brother of um, Lakeith Stanfield. So he's in it a decent amount. But um, I think the only thing I didn't really love about this movie is the past love story. Um, they just didn't quite have the same chemistry uh, that Lakeith Stanfield and Issa Rae do. And so I was kind of bored by some of it. I mean, again, some of it does you know kind of impact the story a bit overall, but. Um, I, I just didn't seem to have it didn't pop on the screen uh, kind of like the other two did so um, it did because it does jump back and forth a, a bit um, it, it for me it had a little bit of um, not no wouldn't necessarily say pacing but just um, maybe even editing issues because it just seemed like they didn't really give enough time or energy to make you care about that the those two in the, in the past as much as they do with Lakeith Stanfield and Nissa Ray. So um, I did enjoy it overall, though. I thought it was a good movie. I, I really, in the end, did care about uh, their relationship and, and really enjoyed seeing it. So um, overall, I, I'd recommend it, especially, you know, it's it's a, I think this would be a perfect Valentine's Day movie for a couple or a, a guy who uh, saw this uh, in a theater with only two <laughs> other people. Uh, so um, it, it's, uh, it, it's a great, it, it, I wouldn't say it's a great, it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. Definitely worth your time, especially if you're looking for just a nice, nice love story. I like this. Yeah. I've been, uh, I've been on the lookout for a good date movie. So maybe this is one, uh, that I should check out with my girl. The, um, the leads in this, I'm glad to hear that they, that they were good together because as soon as I saw the casting for this, I was like, oh shit, this is a, this is a fucking great couple for a movie. Um, and later this year, we're going to get Issa Rae with recently certified snack Kumail Nanjiani in another movie. And I have more questions about their chemistry <laughs> than I do um, <laughs> about Lakeith Stanfield coming into this. But, um, yeah, I think that if this is a, if this is, um, if this is a well done, if maybe, uh, kind of paint by numbers, uh, love story, then folks, especially during around right now, which is Valentine's day season, uh, folks will find their way to this and enjoy it. So. Uh, another recommendation here from Seth on The Photograph, which is now playing uh, in theaters. So Sonic, Downhill, and The Photograph all playing uh, on v- different numbers of screens, obviously. I think Downhill's got a little bit smaller release than the other two. Um, but all three are available in theaters now if you want to go check those out. And that'll do it for our reviews this week. Mom, what do you think? I love it! I hated it! All right, folks, we're just about to the end of our show this week. But before we go, we got to give you one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. My one more thing is that I'm very excited because I just got one of those robot vacuum cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> I probably could have talked about this in show and tell, um, but uh, but I actually, well, time time travel didn't allow for us to do that. Um yeah, so I got this this robot vacuum cleaner that apparently is going to hook up to my Google Assistant, so I'll be able to tell Google to, to sweep the floor. So who needs a <laughs> wife? Um, that was a bad joke. But the uh, 
Yeah, I'm stoked. I think that these things, I guess what I would say is these things are coming down in price. Like I got a pretty nice one for about 150 bucks at Walmart. So um, for folks who like, I was looking at the Roomba a couple of years ago and they were like $400. I was like, I'm not paying that for a vacuum cleaner, but they've come down in price now. So if folks are looking for them, go check them out. Yeah, it probably would have been nice for you to have it a couple of years ago when you're living in the basement. It could have swept up all the uh, the spiders that were crawling around. That um, would have actually it probably would have galvanized the spiders and forced them to work together to defeat the giant rope. They would have been the spider <laughs> Avengers in my fucking room, and that's the last thing I need is them flying around. They're standing standing in a circle and just like <laughs> I come downstairs. <laughs> But it's like higher pitched because they're bugs. Like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> <laughs> one of them grows to like three foot in size. <laughs> it's oh, my secret shit. cap. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Now, I think we just. I think we just wrote a screenplay. I think this is gonna happen. <laughs> Spidevengers. The Spider Men. Is that too on the nose? Yeah, I think so. Oh. Okay. What do you got? <laughs> Uh, one my one more thing. We talked a few weeks ago in an intro or in an opening about Wendell, Wendy Williams and Fartgate Two. Fartgate uh, Two, but I think Fartgate Two, Electric Poopaloo. <laughs> but after a, after today, I think that everyone's going to agree that Wendy Williams is just one big Fartgate. Um, she uh, so this again with time travel, we were able to uh, to <laughs> to record this over several days, and so. Uh, breaking on Wednesday, Wendy Williams made a comment um, about Drew Carey's fiance, who was recently uh, murdered in uh, Los Angeles, um, not by Drew Carey, uh, he, uh, their ex-fiance, um, but her boyfriend, or now ex, or at the time ex-boyfriend, recent ex-boyfriend, um, unfortunately murdered her and uh, the, the fiance, and I think pushed her off a balcony or something like that. Wendy Williams uh, made a very very uh, unfortunate comment on her her talk show um stupid comment but what is uh the amazing part about this clip is the instant reaction afterwards of her her crowd yeah here we go this is this is uh this is tough to listen to but <laughs> oh man wendy okay give me a second to load this up she was killed not by drew but by by the ex come on down Wow. My favorite part is the, ah, from the lady in the back. <laughs> and I, I would definitely, if you haven't seen the video, I would, I would check out the video because she is definitely prepping for the laugh of a century. Mm-hmm. And she's met with a deafening silence and then a woman going, oh, <laughs> so, um, but it, it's funny. Cause like people, who go to these like talk shows often like have a have like a, a loyal like an extreme loyalty to these people you know mm-hmm. and and obviously like someone like Ellen is not going to make that sort of comment but even so there's been crappy people who've hosted shows in the past and they all you know people who go again have have strong backing towards them so they say bad stuff like that and people you know still you know give laughs or whatever and in this case, not no one laughed. No one was being forced to laugh. There was no applause like going up. Um, it, you know, people reacted like how they how they wanted to, and and they didn't react happily. So uh, she got she got her instant karma, and 
Um, yeah, apparently this is not the first time she's done it. Uh, she's made some other dumb comments in the past, so uh, I guess not about death, but other bad comments and stuff. So I think a lot of people are are uh, are I guess going to cancel and cancel Wendy Williams, um, which like the whole cancel thing to me, I, I hate that term and I hate the whole idea of canceling. I guess, but um, I, I think that definitely people. They, like this is something where I think her show should probably be canceled at this point. But yeah. uh, the idea of canceling people is is uh, I don't know yeah. another conversation, I guess. Well, it, it, I think I think what matters here is a few things. One, obviously, this is a fucking horrible, insensitive thing to say, right? And Wendy has mm-hmm. done this in the past, so she she just kind of sucks. But also, like the. It's not a good joke. It's like it's the first most obvious like open mic comic shitty joke to make. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and there was there were a bunch about the uh there was there were a bunch uh, about Kobe a few weeks ago kind of similar. And like it it's not the place of daytime fucking television like to make those shitty jokes. Like mm-hmm. if Wendy wants to make those jokes, g- tell her to go to wherever whatever city she's in, go to their shitty open mic and make the jokes there. Like She's on a daytime talk show. That's not where you make jokes about people dying. I, and mm-hmm. it, you can tell by watching that she, I think this is off the cuff. I don't think this was written for her. And she, like, I've had jokes not land, but never like this. Like, she is, <laughs> she, she really thinks that she is about to slay this crowd when she fucking says this joke and pauses mm-hmm. over it. Either that or she knows she just fucked up and she's pausing to think about how she can dig herself out. I can't tell which it is, but... Uh, she, this was a, this was, this did not land like 0%. And I think, I don't know. I, you know, we talk about this in comedy all the time. Like how can you joke about tragedy? And, um, you, you can, but not so soon. I think after a death like that, especially one like that and Mm -hmm. write a good joke, Wendy, don't make such this, don't make the terrible obvious. There are 1000, like I said, first time open mic comics that will make that joke today. And mm-hmm. Wendy's supposed to be above that. That's why she has writers. So just stick to the fucking teleprompter and you'd be out of this problem, Wendy. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, like you said, I think you can joke about that stuff, but it just has to be funny. Like, you know, like it can't just yeah. be shock for the sake of shock. It has to actually be funny. So, you know, I, I, and funny is subjective, but I also I think there's... I think there's a universal way to be funny if you can figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, I think some people would still be offended no matter what you say, but if funny is funny and if, if it's done right, then it's funny. But yeah, yep. people, that, that, that's not funny, what she did. No, not at all. Poor Wendy. Uh, except I don't really feel bad for her. She makes her own choices. And she definitely farted in that other video. So <laughs> <laughs> eat shit, Wendy. Uh, Wendy Williams and Robovax this week in one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. All right, folks, that's going to bring us to the end of episode 132 of the SoCo Show. Another great week. Let us know what you guys thought of the new uh, SoCo Show and Tell segment. Uh, that's something I, I would like to bring back because I think that stuff is fun, and I have a long list of stuff that I like to share with folks. So uh, let us know your opinions on that on Twitter or Facebook at SoCo Show Pod. Uh, also, make sure you hit the description box for links to all of our sponsors, uh, including, but not limited to, Anchor, uh, where you can head over there and become a contributor to the show. Uh, thanks, as always, to Mike V, Jared B, Fuck You, and Casey C for being our contributors so far. <clears throat> if you want to become a contributor, head to the Anchor page, link in the description box. Otherwise, just keep clicking on these episodes. Every listen helps the show. All right, folks, like I said, that is going to wrap things up. We will, of course, be back in seven days for episode 133. But for now, 
He is the so-host, Seth Ott. I'm the co-host, Cody Michael. And we will see you next week. Bye. <clears throat>